deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. I'd like to it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world has opened up as has the Griffin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shrieking Shack. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for lapsed fans. I am your host, ZC. And I'm Liz. And Liz, I'm feeling I'm feeling loose. I'm feeling a little high energy today. Wonderful. Uh, how are you? I, I got I got like like way more sleep over the past few days than I do normally. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I'm not like a bad sleeper, but just like recently I've just been. I think specifically for me, I've 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 been. This is my little secret: not setting an alarm, but going to bed early anyway. Oh, and sure. Just, and just naturally waking up nice and early. Mm-hmm. I've been feeling very refreshed uh, and and uh, ready ready to cast, ready to pod, you know? Yeah, I think we must be sort of on the same wavelength. I think this mm. past year, which, you know, hasn't been the best year of my <laughs> time, I've been having some, like, kind of up and down, some waveforms, right? Mm. And especially, like, I, you know, I'm, like, not sleeping too good, and then I'm like, oh, nope, I need to to get it together i need to start going to bed earlier all of that so i'm kind of on that i'm on my self-improvement wave the like going to bed early uh not not staying up and playing world of warcraft until 11 30 so so it's been it's been a little bit better so i'm 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 high energy i'm ready i'm fine and i feel like we need to be high going into this this like last stretch of uh of deathly hallows you know Mm -hmm. i feel like this is a good place for us to be because it, it's like how athletes have to train for the Olympics, right? Mm-hmm. I think I think we need to prepare our bodies and minds for what is coming, right? Um, yeah, we, we've got we've got a lot a lot of shit in these last I don't know ten chapters that we have left. What a slog this has been. This has been a real and and to be clear, enjoying doing the podcast. Yes, ha- having a great time doing it. Mm-mm. But as Mm-mm. a book. Mm. Who we uh has Deathly Hallows been just a fucking trudge. I, I think this is gonna be very funny in retrospect for us a few mm-hmm. years down the road. Yeah. Obviously, a lot of people are gonna have this year to look back on and we'll be like, you know, also we read Deathly Hallows in 2020. That was our <laughs> that was that was what we did with our time. We had we had like an extra self-inflicted burden uh-huh. in 2020 on top of everything else happening that was our deathly hallows year yeah i also think there's there's another element to this which i've been thinking about which is very funny which is like um you know we 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 every now and then we get some great comments and stuff from people who are like oh i'm just now starting the show great show blah 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 like, people who are just now starting listening to us mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i think about how the narrative throughout the whole show <laughs> was us going it's been years since we even looked at book six and seven i wonder if we're going to end up liking them more than we did then mm-hmm. and now and, the reckoning and now the reckoning and it turns out uh, i mean book six eh, whatever book seven holy moly wow worse than i could have imagined worse than i expected and like uh, this was me going in ready to be nice this was me going in ready to, you know what maybe i'm wrong maybe maybe i was just a snotty you know, tasteless teen who didn't get it, and maybe this is a secret masterpiece. Right. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it is not. No, mm-hmm. it is not. Um, mm-hmm. so, I, so I'm glad that I am on the upswing right now. Yeah, I, I guess we're, we're going to need it. Yeah. 
yeah, we need, we're going to need the energy for the rest of this uh, uh, book and also for the rest of our news, which I, I, I has also been, I think, increasingly trying as J.K. Rowling uh, spirals out more and more out of control. Um, she's been absent, thankfully, this week, but we do have a little bit of kind of catch up Fantastic Beasts news. Mm -hmm. um, so last week... Uh, it turned out that uh, all all of, all of the the Hollywood rumor mill sites were reporting. Oh, Mads Mikkelsen is like number one with a bullet to play Grindelwald. Mm -hmm. Now that Johnny Depp has been replaced, uh, he's been he's been asked asked nicely to leave the film series. Um, this was sort of run with a lot of sites were reporting this basically as fact. It seems like yep, David Yates has said it's Mads Mikkelsen. It's going to be him was basically treated as like done like this is the done deal he is the next one however it seems like there might be a little wiggle room here mm. this is from cinema blend the newest fantastic beats film was thrown into upheaval just as production was getting underway when warner bros decided to cut ties with johnny depp report dropped shortly after the news that depp was gone that warner brothers was talking to mads mickelson about taking over the role however Mickelson himself seems to be indicating he doesn't know anything about it. The Rogue One actor spoke to IGN, and he referred to the recent reports of him taking over the role from Johnny Depp simply as a rumor. It seems that he's claiming he doesn't know anything more than we do about him becoming the new Grindelwald, according to him. Oh, so that is on the rumor basis as we speak. So I know as much as you do from the newspapers. So I'm waiting for that phone call. First of all, I love that he, like, he just talks like that. That yeah. is his, that, he is not acting... <laughs> that is just what he talks like he just has he just has very powerful energy always um but this is good news uh maybe he won't maybe he won't do this you know maybe, maybe we're not getting having to to, to compromise our, ourselves here he, he heard us he listens he heard, mads is listening Mads. Or one of our listeners must have texted him like hey. Say, hey mads yeah and if 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 they did hey can we get that phone number also mm-hmm but um but yeah i th this was interesting because the, the the rumor was so i mean like this happens a lot but like it's rare i think that a rumor is so like widely reported as fact by these th th these places you know like normally they sort of couch their their reports in like well he's rumored to be or he is you know, he could be, or his sources indicate, but, like, this was just, like, no, he is the next Grindelwald for a lot mm -hmm. of the reporting on this. Um, so I wonder, I wonder whether it was just a, like, a big oopsie, whether Mads is playing coy, whether, uh, uh, I mean, I guess the original report was that he was David Yates's first choice, which doesn't. That doesn't is really not... say that he called him or exactly. did anything. Yeah, yeah, that is uh, that is like not mutually exclusive with what what Mads is saying here. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if that's kind of if it was just sort of a game of telephone that everyone got really excited about. Like, mm -hmm. like someone, some intern was like, "Hey, boss, who do, who do you think is going to be the new Grindelwald?" And he was just <laughs> like, "I don't know, Mads Mikkelsen would be cool," and then just sort of like spiraled out of control from there. Right. But uh, you never know. You never know. I feel 
my my realm is reading a book and talking about it. So whenever we have to dip our toes into like celebrity rumors, sure. I feel yeah. so ill-equipped to like <laughs> navigate any of that because I don't like there's nothing else I engage with on that level. Like we, sure. we talk about Harry Potter. I can read the stuff. I can read the, the outlets. I can try to read when the rumors seem real. But otherwise, I'm like, I have I have no no clue all Uh i know is i'm manifesting benedict cumberbatch into this role he is the sin eater yeah i i will be i will be upset if like basically any other actor works with jk rowling yeah but the thing is is that uh uh mr mr cumberbatch has already he's already said some shit he's 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 had to apologize for a lot of dumb (laughs) shit before so you know what like he's he's already he's too far gone so as as a king observing my court jesters. <laughs> yeah. I will find that very funny. Yeah, that's the pro- that is the problem with Mads is that that's like dangerously close to being good casting. Right. And, and I, I don't, don't want, want good that. casting. I don't want good casting. I don't want any actors who previously have like avoided controversy to get embroiled in JK Rowling's heinous shit, right? Yeah. But, like, I think Benedict has already done some shit, so, like, whatever. <laughs> if I have to go see this movie, let me laugh. Yeah, if, if, we, have to, if we have to torrent this, this movie and watch it on a cam rip or whatever to review it, let it, let it be Benedict Cumberbatch, because that just would be funny. There's no, mm-hmm. there's no getting around the fact that it would be funny. <laughs> and I want to see, like, the Tumblr gift sets of Benedict Cumberbatch as Grindelwald. <laughs> like... There are those. There there is a small and dedicated Fantastic Beasts slash Johnny Depp fandom that make their like high contrast gift sets uh, with like cursive words over them of Johnny Depp as Grindelwald, and that is funny in its own right as well because Johnny Depp is not having the best time. Right, I feel. So to have it framed as like weird stand culture is very funny to me, mm-hmm. but I, I also cr- I crave um I crave the Benedict Cumberbatch Grindelwald gifts. It's there is there is no getting around that he is just like physically the funniest choice to play Grindelwald. Right. Like yeah. we've seen we've seen him chew up the scenery as a villain before. <laughs> My my favorite my favorite uh, thing that he said uh, was that he didn't like when um, girls who are fans of his call themselves cumber bitches because it's sexist or whatever. <laughs> That's right. Uh, all women are queens, actually. Uh, so please <laughs> don't call you, yourself that. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. What a what a fucking weird guy. So, so like I said, he he is the one person who I think can can enter this 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 hell realm. Uh, and, and have it not really changed my opinion of him, you know? Yeah. That's, that's, that's the main thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, this, this could be, uh, 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 all a bluff, right? Like maybe, maybe he, maybe Mads really is already in and he just can't, um, he can't say it, right? Like, yeah. Actors do that sometimes. They're like, yeah. haha, that's just rumors. And then surprise, they're it. That yeah. happens. Yeah, or he's like, oh, he's, you know, maybe this is you know, contract negotiations. He's playing hard to get. They're like, mm, would you do it for 
50 million and he's like oh i don't know i'll have to think about it and then he goes and gives this interview and he's like i don't know i'm still waiting for that phone call and then they say like okay what about 60 million and he's like all right done you know like mm-hmm. it could, yeah. could be something like that i don't know i just don't know i i wonder if if you are some big actor's agent right now mm-hmm. and there's this open position for a big blockbuster movie but it's Grindelwald, and it's the third sequel in a series of underperforming movies <laughs> with with an author who is just causing uh, 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 terrible PR headlines wherever she goes. Like, what? How do you pitch that to your actor? Right. S- similar to how I feel like ha- about how like it's funny that WB finally got to like the cynical version of the like firing Johnny Depp thing of like, well. It's because he lost his lawsuit, right? So mm-hmm. benefit. What? 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 Where in the scale does taking on a uh, or or refusing a J.K. Rowling role at like where? Where does that come into play with like how much money and exposure it gets you? You know? Yeah, because like on the one hand, it is big WB Harry Potter blockbuster, right? And I think that's a pretty good selling point. Yeah. Um and it does feel like uh, like divorced from the JK Rowling stuff. It like Mads Mikkelsen just like slots into that really well, right? Yeah. Like he does like big Star Wars movies and James Bond, like yeah, yeah. like of course. Yeah. He um, is a vil- he is a good 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 actor for that exactly that kind of character. Right. But like on the other hand, I sort of want this to be one of those things where actors who do have like reputation to lose won't just will say no and walk because it's like yeah why do it and it seems yeah. a little risky because crimes of grindelwald did kind of bomb it it was a big bomb yeah it was it did not do well i mean like it, it made more money than me or you will ever see in our lives but like it was in terms of like what wb expects a harry potter movie to do right it's not not good mm-hmm. it didn't even match the first movie which also did not do well right like yeah, and maybe Mads Mikkelsen doesn't want a photo of of him with J.K. Rowling going around right now. Right, exactly. Like that is that is the part where I'm just like, how is how is that mental calculation going through <laughs> actors and agents' heads right now? Like, what it what is the point where it becomes worth it to them? Because again, I'm looking at this from like the most cynical business point of view. Um, just I am sure that unfortunately a lot of great actors that we all love are probably either actively transphobic or would agree with the things jk rowling said if you asked them just because they're not like aware at all right Mm -hmm. however i think it is also plain to see that engaging in that kind of rhetoric is pretty clearly like uh controversial right Mm-hmm. And so I'm just I, I I really want to to know like you know who whichever actor takes this role, what mental calculus will they have gone through to get to the point? Because because there's no way it doesn't come up. There's no way any of them don't know at this point, right? Mm-hmm. They might well, not. Well, Tom know. Felton doesn't know. Tom Tom Felton doesn't know. That's <laughs> true. But like there there is no way, and 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 maybe they don't even know about like the broader um discourse right like they, they could be entirely unaware or they could be entirely ignorant of like trans discourse in general right 
Mm-hmm. But they could, there's no way that any actor or agent working on this and, like, trying to fill this role isn't aware that, like, J.K. Rowling is, in some degree, kind of a hot-button figure right now. Yeah, I mean, it's making it to, like, mainstream news headlines, right? Yeah, like, yeah. They, they know that. They know it is a headline maker, right? Exactly. Exactly. There's, um... Uh, th- there were those articles that I posted the screenshots of on the Twitter recently where, where they were just e- increasingly escalating to they should just fucking cancel it, right? <laughs> yeah. That was from Time Magazine. Uh-huh. Uh, even Screen Rant, our friends at Screen Rant. Oh, Screen Rant, yeah. Uh, have recently published Fantastic Beasts 3, Why Warner Brothers Has to Rescue Sequels from J.K. Rowling. Mm. So, like, it is just... That is the the prevailing narrative right now is that like J.K. Rowling is poison. It's like career poison, right? To to work on one of these things. So I really, I really wonder who. Th- th- like this is this is like maybe the darker angle to this is that maybe whoever they get who 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 can make that calculus in their brain is someone who like will go to the mat for JK Rowling's beliefs, right? And that's the dark path I see here, maybe. Mm-hmm. Is that or, is- or they're just gonna get someone and it's not it's just going to be kind kind of a no one, you know? Right. So and it's just gonna be enough money. It's a job, right? Right. They're gonna they're gonna get some B lister or something. Yeah, that's that so someone who's just happy to be there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's what, yeah. they, they just can't like any any calculations you're gonna make it's like well it's still a blockbuster movie yeah it's like right? i will st- it is still uh, like this salary will put my kid through college like twice over right mm-hmm. like yeah, yeah yeah that's uh yeah yeah that's that's the other angle too as i don't know i i don't know where they go from here it's just i i feel like no matter what um unless it's tom felton <laughs> No one doesn't know that this is a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. And and the, it's potentially like bad headlines for them, right? So either some either they are going to wield that as a bargaining chip for like maybe the biggest payday possible, or uh, they are going to have to be someone who um, feels passionately about supporting J.K. Rowling's shitty. Beliefs, I don't think right? WB would hire that person though. That's the other angle though. That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. Because they want no controversy. They want no controversy, so but they, they still want, want to some, work with some, her. Like dipshit that's going to say something in an interview. Mm. That's true. That kind of puts them really between a rock because I mean this is a problem of their own fucking making, right? Like, mm-hmm. like th- this is this is this is entirely their fault. But yeah, you're right. They probably don't want to rock the boat. Mm-hmm. So they do want a Tom Felton. They want Benedict Cumberbatch. They want Benedict Cumberbatch, the Sin Eater. <laughs> His reputation is already like nothing in the toilet, right? Like, I'm I'm all in on this. It's gonna be him. <laughs> He's the one. He is the one. He is he is already down in the dirt. He has already given apologies. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, yeah, and it would be funny. Um. Yeah, I just I don't know. I I feel I feel like I feel like as for as much as they are doing here and like you know they're taking the step of getting rid of Johnny Depp 
the thing is with Johnny Depp is that him and J.K. Rowling are friends. And I mean, that was controversial, like before the like widely known J.K. Rowling con- uh, uh, transphobia controversy was around. Right. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's a really tall order to fill that role. And if you can't cast a fucking villain, like for, to sign on for three movies also. Um, I-, I wonder if canceling the series is still on the table. Like, I, I really wonder if if the like well, this might need to just have the plug pulled and we need to just kind of let everyone down slowly thing. I wonder if that's still maybe in play. I think we're going to get movie three, but I think this is their last chance. I think this is, I think they're going to make it. The movie's too big. They can't put the rabbit back in the hat. But I think this is there. If this doesn't go well. Right. We are. We're done. Yeah. Because it's a big movie. Right. It's not going to be Marilyn Manson, is it? See, that's the other one. I know I quoted that, but I'm like. Speaking of people whose 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 reputations are already in the toilet, right? Like, yeah. I I think that the Marilyn Manson roses from J.K. Rowling is one of the biggest like mystery question marks that lingers in my head and pops up every once in a while. That is that is like a horror movie mystery to me. (laughs) I know it. What happened there? Yeah. I know. Have we talked about it? It's it's kind of nothing. I think it was J.K. Rowling posting on Instagram. No, it was Marilyn Manson posting on Instagram. Oh, Marilyn Manson posting on Instagram. Thank you, J.K. Rowling. And it's like a it's like a bouquet of roses that she sent him. It was a fucking expensive bouquet of roses. Well, like, yeah, a, that's. I mean, that's nothing to her. Yeah, but. To her, yes. But it was it was she like she sent him a rose bush more or less. Like, it, yeah, I mean, it, and it's it was probably like, nothing. But I'm just like, is what? it like congratulations on the new album? Marilyn Manson. Well, because it wasn't for an album, though. It was, yeah, I know. It, it was like a, it was like months before. Let's see. Uh, Thank you for posted. designing Grindelwald, Marilyn Manson. Thank you for helping Johnny Depp practice his lines. Like what? Yeah. It was, so I guess he posted on Twitter, and so on Twitter he posted at J.K. Rowling. Thanks for the lovely flowers. Thank you, J.K. <laughs> Rowling, for the lovely unexpected gift. <laughs> What the, f- like, what? And I guess also, what was the Instagram post? Because I think he said more, maybe. Instagram. Uh, No, okay, I guess it was the same on Instagram. So, like, what was the deal with that? I know that, like, so Johnny Depp is probably their, like, mutual friend, right? Yeah, because Johnny Depp and, and Marilyn Manson are, like, best friends, and they've done music together and all of that. What a surprise to wake up to this morning. Thanks you thank you, JK Rowling. It's a picture of the roses. And this is the Instagram one. This oh <laughs> I do remember this. This is still my favorite headline from this. Mm-hmm. Uh Marilyn Manson received a romantic gift from JK Rowling. Are they in a relationship? <laughs> no. <laughs> that, no. That's the storyline I want. Yeah. I want, I want, I want the J.K. Rowling is having an affair with Marilyn Manson storyline to unfold. <laughs> that's, that's why, that's why her husband was in the garage with that, those balloons. Oh, no. Congrats, Joe, wonderful Ichabog. He's Congrats, like, I gotta Joe, win her back. Ichabog. yeah. She's distracted by this rock and roll bad boy, Marilyn Manson. <laughs> I mean, he kind of is similar to Johnny Depp in that they both sort of look like they're melting. 
melting these days. So I think that he could jump into the Grindelwald role pretty easily. Yeah, I mean, the... I feel like Johnny Depp's whole thing with uh, with with uh, uh, Grindelwald was I think he even said like I wanted him to look like a rock star, right? Right. And like, yeah, like, he well. does. He looks like a real rock star. He looks like a rock star you know, perhaps. <laughs> so it really just could be Marilyn Manson stepping into this role. Marilyn for- Manson has done some acting, right? I think so. I mean, like really minor stuff, but yes, I think he has. I cannot think of a more washed up choice. Yeah, Johnny Depp with than Marilyn Manson. Yeah, wow. It's perfect though. Oh yeah, if if they want like complete the same. (laughs) Yeah, if they just want like the same performance and like the same character, right? Like it's that. Yeah, that is the obvious go to is Marilyn, and also for for WB, that's like. That's stunt casting, right? Like, like that's that is some headline generating bullshit that like will drown out any anyone pointing out the like, hey, uh, isn't isn't Marilyn Manson, you know, and like, hey, isn't J.K. Rowling, you know, like like that that is some that's some attention grabbing stuff. Yeah, I just I think that if you're trying to save your blockbuster Harry Potter franchise, I'm not sure casting Marilyn Manson as the main antagonist is like your best bet. But also, they were ready to reduce the role, so so right. Maybe maybe, maybe they reduced they it to one musical number. <laughs> That's how he's gonna rally rally his followers with some scary music. Oh, that'd be so fucking with some good. shock rock. Yeah, that's the. That's the uh, that's the version of Grindelwald I want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. I, yeah, the the wh- why did she send him roses? Mm, it I is think, a mystery. I think like the other thing that was weird about that was that um, wasn't that like the di- the same day that like some of the like stuff from Amber Heard's like court case leaked or whatever. Yeah, some weird stuff going on. So was it was it like did did Marilyn Manson like smuggle like the finger photo out Maybe. in his mouth or something out of the courtroom <laughs> and like give it to give it to J.K. Rowling and was like, here you go, I got the evidence you were looking for. This is so, I, I feel like this is so much shit talking, but I'm just like obsessed. <laughs> I'm obsessed with the idea that like. J.K. Rowling decided to flex her her celebrity to become friends with Johnny Depp and Marilyn Manson. Like that's what, yeah. that's what she picked. The the my my like image of J.K. Rowling is 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 such like 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 the picture I have of her like off, you know off-screen behavior, right? Is so muddled and jumbled because like in the the two things that I know about her are number one i think she is probably going to some like awful evil heinous like local scotland like anti-trans activist bullshit right yeah like like she is just she is so embedded with a bunch of like 100 follower scottish turf accounts yeah. That she keeps liking and retweeting was definitely posting when she like accidentally put posted that like article from the turf website into her it was tweet. Like, yeah, it was supposed to go into the group DM or whatever. Absolutely supposed to go into her like Scottish turf DM thing. Uh-huh. So that's one part <laughs> that is deeply evil and disturbing. Yeah. Uh but then there's the other angle 
which is that she seems like the world's like worst star fucker and that like <laughs> you look at you look at like like look at you look at her celebrity status like richest author in the world famous one of the most famous authors in the world period yeah billionaire uh <laughs> cultural institution right uh-huh. even if she wasn't a billionaire like she, like her name like jk rowling like that is that is maybe the most recognizable author name uh-huh. harry potter is is eternal yeah. phenomenon uh-huh but for whatever reason like you look at like the celebrities that she tries to interact with like like the things she tries to spend her clout on <laughs> i know who i will send 30 red roses to. <laughs> right it's like it's like okay so she can't get muse to be in her movie and also she can't get franz ferdinand to be in her movie and then she like she she you know she got alan rickman that was like i I guess that was like her big get right was that she always liked alan rickman and she's like well i definitely want him to be in movie so so that's like score one for her yeah and but like also she was talking all through those movies (laughs) about how much she wanted johnny Depp. like like we have our theories about how like both serious and uh 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 the other guy the fucking the snatcher right or like Johnny Depp roles, right? Like give, gifts for Johnny Depp. Yeah. That he had to turn down or, or he was busy making pirates or whatever. And like, yeah, now she's just like friends with Johnny Depp, who is like, you know, uh, among everything else, just like a complete wash up. Right. And she's friends with Marilyn Manson. <laughs> <laughs> and it's- is, it, is it even like dumber than I think? Was she just like listening to Antichrist Superstar on like spotify and was just like i'm gonna send this guy some roses. i'm gonna send this guy some ro- wow this album slaps <laughs> this cover of everybody wants to rule the world owns <laughs> <laughs> yeah i do think, yeah do you think she likes the you're so vain uh cover that marilyn manson did with johnny depp <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what she likes. Yeah. Is is specifically that cover. Yeah, I just, f- for someone with that much clout to throw around, <laughs> you'd think, you'd think that she'd be better at like, you know, getting, getting cool celebs kind of in her. I mean, like, I know there are like YouTubers whose whole deal is like going to Comic Con and like, you know, meet, trying to find as many celebs as they can to take photos with. You do a better job of like meeting them than JK Rowling does. <laughs> Like, like she can't, like, like she can't do better than Johnny Depp and Marilyn Manson. Like, that's that's her crew. Those are her buddies. <laughs> Those are her buds. I just feel like if you're if you're J.K. Rowling and you have all the, all of this like you know influence and, and and money to throw around, like aim higher. I don't or even maybe- think she, I don't think she's like going and like getting fucked up with them either, which seems like right, the only a- like. Some of what was the Johnny Depp text needs some of the white stuff, bud. Like just Yeah, I, I mean maybe she is. I don't know. Maybe she yeah, maybe she's getting getting uh doing some rails and uh 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 drinking with them. I doubt it. I, I just feel like I, I feel like if that would were to ever happen, it would be like Johnny Depp and Marilyn Manson would just like trash a hotel room and then mm-hmm. JK Rowling would kind of like do the like grandpa Simpson like walk in and walk out thing, just like <laughs> It's like, oh, hello, boy. Uh-oh. Okay, bye. Like, just, <laughs> I don't know, though. Just, I, I just, 
yeah you re- i i get read if anyone is interested in like kind of like the backstory where like pick you know drawing these conclusions from it's worth reading that rolling stone i think it was with uh, uh the johnny depp thing yeah the the guy who was like embedded with johnny depp for a week yeah and just like wrote about what that experience was like like it just that guy like even if this amber heard case hadn't happened that guy he's in a bat a rough spot he needs some help <laughs> he's in a rough spot that but that that's also where like there's like lore because there was that part in that where he like really excitedly like shows the journalist a Marilyn manson video mm-hmm. and he plays it like super fucking loud and i just i i really wonder i like i i want to know like like is is maybe maybe it is the case maybe they're just all buds maybe jk rowling Marilyn manson and johnny depp just like to go out on the town sometimes and Mm -hmm. it's just such a funny image to me yeah it also just maybe speaks to jk like maybe jk rowling is that unpleasant to be around in real life as she is as a public persona Mm. like maybe those are the only celebs who will put up with her yeah that's the issue is that it's not that she can't find other celebs to hang out with and that, that would look cooler uh, to be seen with. It's just like, I, I just got to say, like, I'm sure there are some celebs I would get fucked up with. And Johnny <laughs> Depp and Marilyn Manson are not very high <laughs> on my list. This is a good dish sesh. Good dish sesh. Who, who, what celebs would you get fucked up with? You know, I said that. Um, and it sounded cool, and now I'm like trying to think of one, and I can't come up with a single, a single one. <laughs> well, I mean, you missed your chance to hang out with Eddie Redmayne last maybe year. Tw- maybe, tw- maybe Twilight Lady. She's cool. Uh, oh, the actress. The yeah, I, I don't know actor names. I, for for a second, I was like Stephanie Meyer. I don't think I don't think. She... Oh, I oh yeah, I got fucked <laughs> up with her. <laughs> Kristen Stewart, duh. Yes. Yeah. Kristen yeah, Stewart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That seems like a good choice. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, like the, the, it, it seems like such a simple thing. Just like, yeah, just get another actor for your Harry Potter movie. Mm-hmm. But given everything that's happening and like has happened around this film and around JK Rowling, I, I like whoever takes that role is going to be, have to be making some very interesting, like mental calculations. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not sure who who is going to come out on, on that and be like, yeah, I will. This is worth this to me. I, I'm so impressed by your um, bringing this back into the realm of sanity. <laughs> well, I have I had to because unfortunately we can't keep on dishing about celebs we want to hang out with. <laughs> we have got to get into our chapter for this week. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, we read chapter 26. Uh, it's called Gringotts. This should be pretty fast because this is like an action chapter. Oh, yeah. The plan is complete. We don't know what it is. Um, Hermione is going to Polyjuice into Bellatrix to get into the vault. Seems sensible. Um, and they have Bellatrix's wand from the mansion, uh, chapter. So it'll be really convincing that it's definitely her. Um, there's a little, they have a little bit of, uh like dishing about how Hermione doesn't like Bellatrix's wand and and Harry's like, well, well, he doesn't say it. He thinks about how because of wand lore, his, his new, his new lore, he updated his journal and he knows that um, the reason why uh, Hermione can't use Bellatrix's wand very well is because she didn't like 
best her in one in one v one combat. Um, <laughs> Uh, so they end up like sneaking off. They told Bill that they were leaving, but they didn't say goodbye to anyone. And they sneak off in the morning. Hermione is Bellatrix. Uh, and she also does a, some transfiguration on Ron's face to make him look like a new guy. Um, and Griphook hops on Harry's back. Uh, so he's like giving him a, giving him a ride. And then they put the invisibility cloak over themselves. So Harry and Griphook are invisible. Um, they travel to Diagon Alley. Uh, Hermione kind of struggles to get into character. She's a little too nice to Tom, the innkeeper, but eventually like figures out that she's got to be kind of mean. Um, we get uh, sort of a, for setting the scene, we get a scene of Diagon Alley transformed into evil Diagon Alley. There are people who are presumably muggle-borns who have had their wands taken away, like begging on the street. Um, they're called the wandless. Um and also a lot of the businesses have closed, um, but some new businesses have opened, evil businesses that are selling dark magic stuff. Um, there's like a sad Diagon Alley wandless lady that approaches and like yells at, at Bellatrix Hermione and is like, where are my kids? Like that sort of thing. Um, they go to Gringotts uh, where they run into Travers the Death Eater um, they realize they've sort of made a, a mistake because Bellatrix is in trouble with Voldemort and is supposedly like on house arrest. So Travers is like, what's up with that? But Hermione puts on like a good acting routine and says like, ah, I was rewarded or whatever. Um, Harry has to confundo some guards, uh, that are in front of, the, they're like ministry guards in front of Gringotts that are using metal detectors, magic metal detectors. And they get inside They're They're like detecting any kind of, um, uh, like deceptive magic or or whatever. Uh, Hermione presents Bellatrix's wand to a goblin at the counter to get into the vault. But again, they're confronted with another mistake. Uh, the Death Eater Travers knows that Bellatrix's wand was taken from Bellatrix at the mansion, and so he is becoming very suspicious. At Griphook's prompting, Harry imperious curses uh, the goblin behind the counter and Travers, because uh, otherwise they're going to be screwed. Um, they kind of march them, uh, into the, the vault, uh, where they travel down the cart. I think that they, like, leave Travers near the entrance just to, like, stand in a corner, uh, imperious. Um, they get to the, like, they're, they're traveling down the, the minecart shaft, uh, and they reach for, like, deeper into Gringotts than Harry's ever been, uh, where the old pureblood vaults are. Um, they get splashed with some potion on their way down, uh, and it is Thief's Downfall, which is a potion that that removes all, like, disguising effects. And Hermione is Hermione again, and Ron is Ron again. Um, and basi basically, they've been caught. Um, but they use their Imperious Goblin to uh, open Bellatrix's vault. Also, there's a dragon there, and the dragon looks abused, I guess. Um, and also has, like, lived underground its whole life. Um, uh, and they get into Bellatrix's vault. And it's just, like, a pretty, like, um, quick action sequence where they realize that when you touch the treasure, it multiplies. It also is molten, so they have to grab the cup um, and not touch anything else. Harry sees it. Think, like, the tr multiplying treasure is pressing in on them. He uses the sword to grab the cup's handle off of a shelf. Uh, but in that moment, and things are, are going sort of bad, Griphook 
sort of betrays them, I guess, and is like, I'm going to take the sword. Um, and Harry realizes that Griphook was never going to not try to take the sword. Um, they bust their way out of the vault eventually and are confronted by a bunch of security wizards and goblins. They blast them. Uh, and then they release the big dragon that's there um, and get on its back and they fly away. That's the end of the chapter. Action packed. Action packed. This, Action top to bottom. This sounds like a big movie, huh? This is a, such a big movie. This is such a funny chapter to include like one chapter removed from the other big action sequence. Like the mansion action sequence. The max yeah yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the pacing Dobby's in this big book moment is very interesting. It is interesting. I can see why they split the movie where they did now. Mm, cuz this is sort of like an opening action sequence, I guess. Is I I never saw the second movie, so I'm right. assuming that's kind of where it I think I think that is it. where they I think that is how they they shake it out. It's just like it, that that uh, the, the more I think about it, the more that this makes that that choice made sense to end with the Dobby death, even though it is such a like silly thing, especially for the movie to focus on. Mm -hmm. um, but like, could you imagine if the movie continued for like another act and there was the whole dragon chase after that? Like, I, I get it. I get why they made the split now um, where they did, because this is. Th this is a lot to take in in like three chapters worth did people like the second movie N literally all i ever see from the set like just just th i mean this is you know totally uh, uh confirmation bias uh and 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 my own limited perspective right but anecdotally the only two things i ever see people say about the second movie are number one can we can we just take a moment to appreciate how Helena Bonham Carter played Emma Watson playing Helena Bonham Carter at the beginning <laughs> of the movie. Uh, edit. Thank you for the gold. Right. Like that's, mm -hmm. that's a pretty common one. And then the other thing is DAE get chills when uh, this happens and a gif of uh, McGonagall bring the statues to life. Oh yeah. Those are the only two things I ever see people talking about in the second movie. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that definitely how I'm pretty sure that like, you know, obviously everyone has their own favorites and stuff. But I think like if you were to just like take a, a big sample, I think that the two movies that people really care about in Harry Potter are three and the first uh, Deathly Hallows. I think they're right. I, yeah. I, I've kind of struck by how much I enjoyed Deathly Hallows part one, the movie. Mm -hmm. Like. I mean, I guess it's in the context of Harry Potter, right? Like, there are a sure. ton of good movies I would probably just watch instead if I was uh -huh. trying to watch a movie that, that <laughs> I uh, wanted to watch yeah. uh, for fun. Um, but as far as just, like, looking over the 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 Harry Potter movies, I was like, that was pretty good. Source material is real bad, but they uh, had some had some fun and good moments. And yeah. Good vibes or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I don't ever hear anything about part two. Yeah, no, I, 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 like I said, the only things I hear about are just the, the Helena Bottom Carter like acting, which was, which is this chapter, and then the, the stupid, um, uh, the, the, the statues thing, which I don't even think happens in the book. I think that might be a movie special. Is Wonderful. her, is her summoning all the statues in Hogwarts to become soldiers? Mm hmm. Um, this chapter is weird. I'm. 
I and I I know I say that a lot, but this is a specifically weird in the context of this book, I think, in that it is a really sudden shift um like just lurching back into pre Malfoy Manor Harry. Harry's a real bastard. He's a little shithead in this chapter, but in a way that really does not feel on purpose. But I'm left with like a lingering question of like, well, is someone going to pull him aside next chapter? Like there's so so take everything I say about Harry, I guess, in this chapter with like a big asterisk, you know, Mm -hmm. because I I, the, the, the reckoning could be coming. But like his. I mean, like, the, the biggest one is, like, he uses an, an unforgivable curse, right? Like, a ton of times. A like, lot. a bunch. A bunch. A not bunch just, of times. It's not a one big moment. It is, like, video game yeah. spell. Yeah, he just keeps on casting it, and n- no one seems to care or or, or be confused by it. Um, it's so the it's, Witcher mind control uh, yeah. rune. Like, <laughs> over and over he's again. He's doing Axie on people. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then the other angle is that I like when I say that he's like kind of acting like he did before Malfoy Manor, he's back to like secretly bitching about Hermione and stuff in a way that is it feels really odd because I thought we'd move past that. But like he's it feels really out of place and weird. And it, it made me second guess my own reading of the previous stuff because it is specifically that she's complaining about using Bellatrix's wand and it not working very well and he's like he doesn't say it to her but his whole thing is like oh well and you were being mean to me when I said that my wand like when I was mad about my wand uh, so I guess you're a hypocrite and then also like oh well you didn't best her in one on one combat and I'm just like (laughs) wasn't she just getting like torture like like tortured hate crimed like two chapters ago yeah yeah you were like happy to have her alive uh, not two chapters ago yeah very weird Uh, and like I, I think I, like I said, big, big asterisk. Maybe, maybe there is, a, maybe there are some consequences for his uh, actions coming. Um, but I, I was just really struck in this chapter by how much of a miserable little shit he was being, with no apparent pushback from anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like, granted, like you know, the, this thing we're talking about with with the the Hermione wand stuff that was like in his head, he was thinking to himself. But like, it was, it's odd for him to even be thinking that. Like he, mm-hmm. I thought even like, you know, I know that the, the movie really softened this stuff, right. In a way that I thought was very good. Um, but I think even in this book, we had certain sort of gotten over this, right. Like, like he, once Hermione, like sacrificed herself to get tortured by Bellatrix to like, f- you know, to like, you know, for the, for the good of the party or whatever, I feel like maybe, maybe he can stop holding on to these weird, tiny little grudges, right. It just it is written in a way that I don't feel like I'm supposed to think this is Harry's character. I feel like I'm supposed to share his perspective. Right. And I and yeah. it seems 
I'm just going to read this part. Harry could not help but remember how Hermione had dismissed his loathing of the Blackthorn Wand, insisting that he was imagining things when it did not work as well as his own, telling him to simply practice. He chose not to repeat her own advice back to her, however. The eve of their attempted assault on Gringotts felt like the wrong moment to antagonize her. And that last part yeah. seems... I'm like, the eve of your heist? No, how about she got tortured like three weeks ago? She got fucking hate crimes by this wand. Not only that, not only that, that that line implies there's like a right time to antagonize her. It it's so <laughs> when you, what? Don't antagonize her at all. What's your problem? And it's and it's really strange. I I do feel like it's written written in this way where I'm supposed to be like, "Oh yeah, her like, oh, what a hypocrite Hermione is." And it's like I'm okay with that being but it just seems not true for right. one. And two, and I would be okay if it was just like Harry being like evil but i don't even think that it's that either so not only all of this but also in between hermione insisting to him that he just needs to practice with the new wand and now is that they all went and spoke to olivander and olivander like outlined all this stuff for them like in plain spoken terms right i didn't even think of that right so like like hermione probably knows that she was wrong right like like you know because she just learned it she just like learned from like a primary source oh wands do it does matter how how a wand is taken right so she's probably like aware of that without harry having to rub it in yes (laughs) yes i would think so i also just am not over how stupid it is that we just found out a chapter ago that you can use other people's wands but you have to beat them in a 1v1 you have to you have to 1v1 them oh god the amount of shit that we are finding out in in chapter 26 of book seven out of seven is just embarrassing i think the 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 this this world is is a house of cards and it's barely even that it is so like sloppily put together it, it is such a bummer how how bad all of this uh this lore is being like how badly it's being relayed to us like just as it becomes relevant right at the end to to make all of this random shit that's being slapped together to finish the series off make sense he had been surprised but pleased to discover that it, that Draco's wand worked for him at least as well as Hermione's had done. Remembering what Ollivander had told them of the secret workings of wands, Harry thought he knew what Hermione's problem was. She had not won the Walnut Wand's allegiance by taking it personally from Bellatrix. This is like chapter three <laughs> stuff of like a of like a fantasy novel. I'm just in awe of this. Also, Harry like rut- routinely like going back to this idea that Draco's wand works for him. It I just what is the meaning? Mm-hmm. What is that? I, I, like I know the lore. I I know that it literally means he can use the wand well enough as if it were the other one. But what is like the significance of him using Draco's wand now? Right. I wish. Like yeah. I wish it meant something. This this book is so weird because. And I don't mean this as a knock against fantasy, obviously, because I love fantasy. But I think something that J.K. Rowling was earnestly very good at, and I think something that makes her early insistence, you know, there's that interview, um, the Lev Grossman interview, that is kind of infamous now. Yeah. um, Where she comments about how, like, oh, she doesn't really like fantasy and she doesn't read fantasy. And, like, the last fantasy novel that she read was, like, 
last unicorn or something right sure like and and i believe her mostly in the sense that like harry potter is very very good at um or or at least before this book was very good at feeling like you know feeling very magical and fantastical but without dipping into the fantasy novel style of um of like uh rule rule establishing right yeah and i think that that has kind of been a double-edged sword because obviously the um the lack of rules has made for some weird storytelling moments in these books but i think that is more a problem on where she chose to take the story rather than a problem with that technique of leaving everything ambiguous right mm-hmm. but i think that that is is something that used to be a real key strength in the Harry Potter novels is this this idea that like you you don't get these chapters where a character sits down and tells you like the rules on how wand dueling works <laughs> right which in a lot of other fantasy novels I love you know I I love a good uh um you know an an, an interestingly put together magic system or when a character sits down and tells me how the royal bloodline hereditary system works in this world, right? Or how how dragon magic, you know, I'm I'm all for that. I love that shit. But like that is a genre unto itself and that that is like a technique and a um a, like like a style that you sort of come to expect reading fantasy. Mhm. To engage in it right now in like the back third of the last book is so disorienting and a real bummer because like i said i think one of the core strengths of harry potter was how unlike that kind of fantasy it was again not not to that that is not a slight on that style of fantasy on the more rigid uh uh uh, rules-based um fantasy novel stuff but like that is just not what harry potter was for the longest time yeah i mean usually at least my perception when you establish those rules it's because you want to play around in them not introduce them later to explain a conflict you didn't know about right right yeah she what what jk rowling was so good at originally was right basically more or less writing mystery novels Uh uh-huh um that that had like uh fairy tale elements in them right um which (laughs) is very funny I guess I I very be very curious to know how her like actual mystery novels are. They sound pretty terrible, but like 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 she <laughs> at one point I I I would say that like the Harry Potter novels just as like mystery novels are great mystery novels. Um, and and they're mystery novels for kids too, right? Totally, like I'm yeah. I'm thinking about it, and I'm like going back to book one, and and granted, I'm sure we had criticisms of the way the mystery was structured in that one, but but when I think about it, it's like. Fluffy was guarding the trap door, right? And mm-hmm. we saw that there was a trap door and then we were like, oh, what's under the trap door? And it wasn't, the the mystery was not the mechanical aspect of Fluffy going to sleep when, when he hears music. It right. was that Hagrid likes animals and we knew Hagrid and Harry like put that together that they had to talk to Hagrid about it. Yes. That's like kids mystery novels. And the Hagrid, and that Hagrid made him the flute. And it right. turns out that the, he could use the flute. But yeah, exactly. Like there, it just it, everything fit together nicely in a very charming and like simple mystery novel fashion. And that you you compare that to the kind of lore that we're having to deal with here, which is Ollivander takes an entire chapter to explain 
how wands work and grip hook takes the other half of the chapter to explain goblin racism and it's like that sucks that is so boring compared to the other thing and like again if if this was supposed to be a series where the wand lore stuff mattered i'm all for it i love i love i love it in a fantasy novel where someone sits down and says all right listen up i'm going to explain to you how the the three when 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 you sit down in Zelda and they say, I'm going to tell you all about how the three goddesses made the world and here's all their powers. I'm like, OK, sure. That's sick. I love this. <laughs> you can't do that at the end. You can't do that at the end of this thing. It doesn't. And if you are, it has to be. It has to be like, oh, it's all falling into place. Right. And this isn't that either. Right. Yeah. Nothing's falling. Yeah. This is not making anything fall into place. This is just raising more questions and and like actively rubbing up against previously understood. I, I mean, like the, the fucking I'm never going to get over the blasting someone with three wands for a three <laughs> X damage spell thing. Yeah. Like what? That is. The, the the doors that opens and the number of questions that raises is so far beyond what any of the dialogue in these past two chapters about the the story like answers you know that that is <laughs> that one throwaway action moment like just colors the world in such an insane way way more than anything Ollivander or Grip Hook can say <laughs> like just thinking just thinking about the implications of that thinking about like well why has no one ever done this why aren't people just carrying why don't people just make big wands with more cores in them like is this are, are wands like pcs could you make like a tr like oh i have my quad core wand this has four yeah. four cores in it and it shoots like it's like 4x power spell like there's just that uh, that is more interesting to me than the actual wand lore right like <laughs> I mean, all the lore, it doesn't enhance any of the, like, significance or meaning right. any of the, like, objects that we know. It it's, it strips the meaning away, which yes. is, yeah. I think, the, like, core part yes. of this book, which in a way sort of makes it interesting in, yeah. like, a... a it's like it's, you know, it's like just, like, a concerted effort to raise everything that this series has built uh but and and to replace it with a really clumsy christ allegory mm -hmm. um yeah it's weird i just i just i i can't imagine why i want harry to raise to, to, I, like, if harry is going to have this thought of like well well you spent all that time telling me to practice with my wand like i want hermione to, i want hermione to i want i want the fight i want hermione to be like why are you bringing up old shit I want I want that fight to play out, you know. Right, that's why I think that it, we're just supposed to be like, oh yeah, stupid Hermione, because right. it isn't there to create conflict. It's there in Harry's head for us to be like, ah, yeah, yes, I agree. Also, it just it makes me go, why don't they on this big heist they've been planning for weeks? They should probably get Hermione a wand that fucking works. <laughs> 
<laughs> They've been there for weeks. There's a wand maker. Oh, also, the wand maker sent Luna a wand. <laughs> yeah, I know. Cause it, and that just, like, kills me. Like, I just, they're there for weeks planning the greatest heist of all time. And it's like Ollivander, like, sends Luna a wand. And they can't send him, like, a Patronus cell phone message to be like, uh, hey, here's 20 sickles. Can you please can you give please, Hermione a new wand? Can you please get Harry and Hermione some wands, please? Doesn't even have you don't you know what doesn't even have to be a new one. Just I know you've got that big old store back there. What do you got? We're gonna, we're gonna need a wand that it does not has not been in any one v ones. It's presumably like <laughs> unowned. I assume you can just use one. I assume the ones that you buy don't have a person. So I might need some wand lore clarification, but. <laughs> Can you, you can also send one of those over? In fact, could you just here's a galleon because wands are cheap, apparently. Right. Here's a galleon. Can you just send me like a a like a a booster box of wands? Right. We will try yeah. all of them, and then and then we can tape the rest together, and maybe. Oh, bo- it's like Warby Parker. Like you get you yes! get your try your try at home <laughs> five pairs of glasses kits, um, and you get a you know a yeah. A return, a return shipping I try, label. I want to try all these on, and then we'll send the rest back. Yes, exactly. Perfect. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. Yes, that is exactly what this should be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I just, I, again, like you say, it's so weird that this is presented, I think, as as just us supposed to take this as for granted. Because this is such a good missed opportunity for, for like, teenager fight. Mm-hmm. I want Harry to say, you, uh, 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 you know, you, you were always telling me that I just had to practice. And I want Hermione to say, why are you bringing up old shit? And then I want Harry to say, uh, it's not bringing up old shit. It's recognizing a pattern. And then I want them to uh, block each other on Twitter and uh, uh, make their profile pictures black for a week. Right. Like, I just I, I want that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want yeah, yeah. I want the teen drama. Sure. Why not? Anything. Anything. Just give me, give me character draw. If if Harry is supposed to be being a bitch in this scene, make him. I don't know. Make him say it. Make That's him do the it. Thing is, he's not supposed to be being a bitch. <laughs> right. Exactly. We're supposed to be like Hermione. What a bitch. Guess she's getting her just desserts. Yeah. Yeah, I guess guess Harry's right guess again. Torture wasn't enough, and also she didn't God. do anything in the first place. She literally <laughs> saved their lives. Hermione from a giant did snake. nothing wrong. I, I even honestly, e- even if Harry had like not like rekindled this thought in my brain with this weird thought, right? Mm-hmm. I think that would have earnestly been one of my like primary lingering like questions about this book is like why am i supposed to root for harry here in specifically in this relationship because like i don't i don't think anyone has been as treated as badly in this (laughs) book as hermione Mm -hmm. like it's just shocking honestly like he for one even even on its face like just the the core argument here him blaming her her for breaking his wand or whatever when they were escaping a like resident evil boss that was going to like (laughs) eat them like ridiculous complaint on his part to begin with um but to drag that out and to like keep on thinking about it and to like like 
keep on sniping at her about it for like presumably weeks while they were still camping right Mm -hmm. to the point where she's like fucking terrified of him uh and then to watch her like get tortured i mean like also it's very weird like it the book makes a big deal of like ron being like distraught over hearing hermione getting tortured Mm-hmm. Harry really doesn't seem to care all that much. At least, like, yeah, not. whatever. He's just like, oh, that's a, that's an unpleasant sound. I don't like that. Ron's sure freaking out. Harry just comes off like a sociopath, honestly. Like, like for for him to like hear that, and like for them to be like resting and recovering at this cottage after she's like, you know, been tortured and is is having to like mentally recoup like recuperate from this. And for th- then for him to just be like, oh, don't like your wand, do you? Well, guess what? Now now you know how I feel. Like, what? A- Fuck Harry. It it really feels like J.K. Rowling. And like, I. It's like she wanted this series to like reckon with some really hard stuff. And and I, I come back to this a lot where it's like some of the things that happen and like the themes that are happening here allude to a story that could be told that is really challenging and really hard and, yeah. and frankly, like really depressing. Yeah. And, but obviously Harry Potter is not trying to be that and <laughs> yeah. it shouldn't, and it probably shouldn't be. Right, I would right. say like, like when I think about the level of violence that happened at Malfoy Manor, mm-hmm. you could, I mean, yeah, that's pretty fucked up, right? Yeah. And, and but it's like you want to go there, but you don't want to reckon with it. And then like also, Harry having his wand ruined. I, I think that there is it is alluding to the idea of a traumatic event happening by accident and how that will change your relationship forever. And that's really sad. And that is a really hard thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like a real thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Like what what happens when you get hurt by accident by someone you love right. and then you can't and you know that they didn't do it on purpose but it's like that trauma is there forever right is that what harry potter is about no <laughs> no, no no it, it is fucking not. isn't should it be no this is, <laughs> you know like this is not we are that is not the store the level that we're operating on i don't think right but it's all it's all like germinating in there and is being expressed in like the weirdest way possible as these get more mature. And again, I still think the earlier books reckoned with some really hard stuff in an, like in a Harry Potter appropriate way that felt more mature. And this just feels immature and weird. Uh huh. No, I think that that yeah, that is, that is such a perfect way to put it. Like, yeah, there is a, there are ways that these themes and stuff could be done on purpose in another story, but one putting them in Harry Potter is crazy. Uh, and two, the stuff that is here is so, uh, inconsistently written that it's hard to even take it as that stuff. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's so fun. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. The, like the, the broken wand thing could, but uh, the weirdest thing about that too, is the movie handles that exact, I think that exact, um, uh, uh, tone and theme that you were talking about there 10 times better with just one scene. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Like the way the way that Harry and Hermione talk about the wand in the movie, I think carries that exact same sadness. Um, and I, but I think that they do it without m- making Harry seem like a giant asshole, right? And and it, I, I don't know, it's big ideas, uh, and not not big execution, not a big movie being made here. No, but I mean, also part of the problem is big movie because there's like when you're going to deal with this stuff, it's like you also have to move it along. So we have a fucking action sequence coming. We, got, <laughs> we have to go get object. We out have of, to go out get of, object. Out of mine, mine shaft, you know? Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that, huh? They're on their way to Gringotts. Um, uh, uh, Harry has a little a little demon on his on his back. Oh. Uh, uh, just in case anyone was unsure of the symbolism here. <laughs> uh, he has a he has an evil little critter sitting on his shoulder um, as they walk through Diagon Alley. Uh, what? What do you make of the whole like trip up to Gringotts? I don't know. I think they accidentally watched walked through the uh, werewolf troop putting on Annie yeah. the musical. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, is Travers a werewolf? Because he sure talks like one. Mm-hmm. What is with Travers? Why can't? Why did we have to invent a new, a new guy we don't know every <laughs> single time? Oh, it's Travers. Oh, it's Travers. The Death oh, it's Travers. Oh, tra- oh no, Travers the Death oh, Eater is fuck. here. He's here. My favorite part of this is so. It's kind of funny when they walk through um, the Leaky Cauldron and Hermione is like. Ah, he- he- hello, Tom. And he's kind of surprised that she's nice. Yeah. That's, that's funny. Yeah. Um, I don't get why when Travers shows up and she, like, is mean to him, why Why is that suspicious? Why is he hurt by that? There's, there's like, a weird, <laughs> there's a really weird moment in this where, like, she, you know, she, Harry, Harry tells her, like, you've got to treat people like they're scum. And she's like, okay, I'll try. And then Travers shows up and she's like, uh, fuck, fuck you, worm. And he, like, seems <laughs> genuinely offended by it. Like, what? Well, hang on. <laughs> I thought this was established that Bellatrix was, like, a crazy person who, who was mean to everybody. Yeah, I think that's probably reasonable, right? I mean, we saw the way she behaved at Malfoy Manor to the other. And she like knocked them out. Yeah, she like shot you know? four guys. Yeah, and right. She, she put she put um, uh, Fenrir in in the down state, and he needed to be revived. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the movie, she made her wand into a whip. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm not sure why Travers is so upset by this. Maybe they're maybe they're buddies. Yeah, he he he's oh here it is. It's not even that she's even that mean to him, like directly. She uh he says, Why, madam, that's strange. <laughs> and Harry whirled around and Grip Hook tightened his hold around Harry's neck, uh tall thin wizard, blah blah blah. Uh it's Travers hissed the goblin into Harry's ear. Hermione oh. had drawn herself up to her fullest height and said with as much contempt as she could muster, and what do you want? Travers stops in his tracks, clearly affronted. Mm. how like what like I, he should be glad that he didn't get shot surely like <laughs> it feels like every every sentence from bellatrix is more or less a gift if you're a mook death eater right like yeah yeah and it seems like bellatrix like her her only character is that she is completely unpredictable right like yeah she's crazy yeah i merely sought to greet you said travers coolly <laughs> but if my presence is not welcome 
I love that. Guess I'll go die. <laughs> guess I'll die. <laughs> I guess I'll fuck off then. Huh. Hmm. Yeah, she should just send him, send him away. Yeah, um, why Why does she not say, like, Travers, you have to, tra- Travers, listen, I'm whispering in your ear now, I want you to go to GameStop, and I want <laughs> you to ask them if they have Bambi for the PS2. Why is she, why is she, why do they have to, like, agree to, like, have him tag along for this stupid quest? Oh, we're going to go to the bank together? <laughs> That's really normal. That's a thing that people do when they meet each other in the street is, oh, I also have to go to the bank. Let's That's what happens the- when I run into my coworkers. I'm like, oh, I'm going to the bank. Do you want to tag along? Do you want to come with? We're going to the bank together. Yeah. Also, it could have been any other Death Eater we know. Yeah. It could have been, been like Scabior or whoever. And then that would like mean something because we were just snatched by Scabior like three chapters ago. But no, it's Travers the Death Eater. It's Travers the Death Eater, that guy we all know and love and also was not like involved in anything that he's talking about. Because <laughs> like the part of the like suspicion that he has He's uh-huh. like, oh, Bellatrix, you're out and about, but I thought you were confined to Malfoy Manor after the, uh, he, he even says, the, uh, escape. So he's being very dramatic here, and he clearly mm-hmm. knows something is up. Yeah. Why couldn't it just have, yeah, why couldn't it just have been one of those guys? Mm-hmm. Or like, yeah, like you said, Scabior. Could have been Greyback or Scabior. I have or... to go to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> I have to deposit my... Snatcher salary, Edwin Gods. <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I gotta take this kid's heart to the bank. <laughs> ah, I like aged steak. I cut up a kid and I'm gonna put him in the fucking bank. <laughs> but no, it's Travers. Yeah, no, it's it's Travers, the new guy we all know and love. Mm-hmm. Um, I like. There's. Some of this that's like sort of cute, I guess. Like I, like I said, I do like it when a heist goes wrong and they have to like play along with like the new thing, right? I do feel like, um, I I think that that's good. Yeah. However, it sure feels like this is something that they would have considered in the many weeks that they prepared. And they've been preparing for weeks, and I guess nobody thought of, uh, hey, if if if, if a we g- have Bellatrix's wand. That means she doesn't have her wand. Yeah, for one, they didn't even think of that. And then two, they didn't think of if we run into someone that Bellatrix knows, what do we do? Uh-huh. Just just real real uh, uh uh lack of planning on their part, considering that they have been planning for like a month in secret. With Grip Hook, who apparently is like a genius mastermind evil planner. Who I mm-hmm. who I imagine at some point would have probably come up with this. Like, like, what if, what if you run into someone you know? I'd like the sword, please. Let's make sure that we do this right. Um, do you want to hear some Travers facts? I would love to hear some Travers facts. One, he's likely related to Torquil Travers. Uh, ah, of course. Who is <laughs> what? A, who, <laughs> who is Minister Torquil Travers, was a British wizard and a member of the pureblood Travers family. He served as the head of the Department of Magical Law Enforcement for the British Ministry Ah. during the 1920s. Mm. So this is a Travers from Fantastic Beasts. This is a recurring family, I guess. Past Travers. Past Travers, likely related to Travers that we know and love Mm. from Half-Blood, or 
from Deathly Hallows. Uh, here's my second Travers fact. It's possible that he participated in the Battle of the Astronomy Tower and was one of the Death Eaters who dueled either Ron or Lupin. If, ah. this is, if this is true, this may explain why he was sent back to Azkaban before the final breakout. I so see. So I think that's based on nothing I other than him being a named character. <laughs> In Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2, Travers is absent from the scene of the break-in at Gringotts and as such is never placed under the Imperious Curse that is, of course, referring to the movie. Ah, so does he appear in the movie at all then? Or is Apparently it... not. Damn, Travers got cut. Travers did get cut. That's so sad. I was hoping that they would get a Shakespearean actor to be Travers. Mm-hmm. His manner of speech, where did this come from? I, I, why are, is this something that happens when you turn 40 in Harry Potter maybe? Maybe. Oh, Travers was in the Department of Mysteries with them. He ah. was one of the mooks with Lucius Malfoy. Okay. All right. He's so okay. So Tra- Travers has seen some shit then. There's a. He's actually in the Order of the Phoenix movie, and he's one of the Death Eaters when they're in the Death Chamber, and it pans around to all of the kids oh, being like, like uh, captured, and and he's the one that is threatening Ginny Weasley. Oh, wow. Big name Travers. His his big his... name Travers. He may have also been. Oh, he was with Selwyn, obviously. Oh, of course. At, when they attacked the Lovegood House, so ah. we've been we've been through it with Travers already. So Traver Travers is a is a huge character. My mistake. And yeah, and related to Torquil Travers. He's related to Torquil Travers. Minister of Ma- Magic. Yeah. <laughs> Or no, excuse me, not the Minister of Magic, the head of the Department of Magical Law Enforcement in the 1920s. So Travers is a cop turned, is a cop family turned Nazi family. Huh. Something to think about. Just something to think about. J.K. Rowling did it. J.K. Rowling did it. J.K. Rowling said A.K. figured it out. (laughs) Um... So yeah, I, I, I like that a wrench gets thrown into their plan. It's a very silly wrench. Um, I also... Like there is a very fun and like this 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 is something I'll have to kind of refer to twice, mm-hmm. but this like enhanced security theater thing at Gringotts yeah. as they go in is very funny to me, um because this is clearly like airport stuff they're hitting them yeah. they're hitting them with the with the airport wand. I can't think of anything more boring for a Harry Potter novel. <laughs> but as we find out later, Gringotts also has like a magic waterfall that can like remove all magic, whether you like want to be subjected to it or not. Yeah. So I feel like maybe they should put that in the lobby. I, I think what kills me about the security theater in this one, it is it, it is it has already been done mm-hmm. and it was in Prisoner of Azkaban and that was way cooler. Yes. Yeah. 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 I And this is metal detectors. <laughs> this is That's they literally have yeah. wands called probity probes. Yes. Maybe. And they are metal detectors, except for magic. That that is what it like the lack of imagination in in uh in both both versions of the security theater here. Like one is, oh, we have a literal we have a literal like magic uh, uh removing waterfall. Mm-hmm. Which is just like that's such a like one and done, like, okay, well you've solved your own problem, right? Mm-hmm. And then also to have guys who are literally just TSA agents. Uh it, it's like could not be possibly more boring. 
Yeah, whereas I feel like in Prisoner of Azkaban, they, I mean, like, it, it is, it is, it is significant, right? It's, it's a kid's book, but it is also, like, you are inviting a monster to protect you from a monster, right? Like, duh, it's yeah. so easy, whereas this is just, like, boring. Yeah, yeah, boring. They have, they just, they have little metal detector wands, and they have to, like, do a goofy little, like, comedy routine to get out of the 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 wand the being metal detected but the big thing here is um harry just hearing from grip hook use imperio and then harry just saying okay and casting an unforgivable curse on like like so many times like yeah so he does it first for and for one i I question the portrayal of it here, and I feel mm-hmm. like this is like not in line with what we've seen of Imperius before, where I thought that Imperius was like full on mind control, right? Like you are puppeting people. Yeah, that was kind of my I mean, we've seen it. We have not seen yeah. Harry do it, but we've seen him being subjected to it, and it's like you give commands, right? Sort of. Yeah. Well, yeah, because um, when uh, 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 fake Moody demonstrates it, he mm-hmm. makes a spider kill itself, right? Like he dr- he makes a spider drown itself. Yeah. Uh, and um, uh, uh, it, when we see Crumb under the effect of the Imperious Curse, he is like a like m- like murder puppet, right? Like he is mm-hmm. he is just being. He is a vessel for like attacking Barty Crouch and for attacking Harry and Cedric. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, when Harry does it here, it is much closer to a like, like Star Wars like uh, uh, power of suggestion mind trick thing. Yeah, which is not mind control. It's like it, it's just like exerting some influence, right? Like it's it's. It- I mean, it's it's sort of weird because uh, the way they get past the metal detector guys is they cast um the confundus charm, which appears to operate in the exact same way. Right. Because because they do the power of suggestion, like no no you already checked me, and they're like oh I already checked you, you know these yeah. aren't the droids we're looking for, and then they move past. But then when we see the imperious curse directly after, it appears to operate in the exact same way. Yeah, he casts the Imperious Curse. He gets them. He gets the Goblin to like say that the wand is fine or whatever. It's it's just very it's very not in line with what I thought the Imperious Curse was, which is like full on body and mind control, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess it's just got to make Harry look good. <laughs> also, you can just cast it on multiple people uh, at the same time, and also if you like maybe he does it sort of it's like weak which just again stripping of significance off of Mm -hmm. something where it just it's so muddled down in these weird nuances that it doesn't feel like this ultra powerful ultra evil you kind of do it or you don't thing right like that is i think that is the part that i find most confusing about this like in if we are to take harry potter's own lore into account here Mm -hmm. this is like a a real big line being crossed for the good guys uh and like we've talked before about how weird it is that like 
gun spell is like inherently evil right like it's it's uh, I, 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 there, there's definitely conversations to be had about like are all of the i mean like crucio seems like pretty maybe the one that's like okay yeah that's pretty evil right um but like jedi mind trick here is definitely in a gray area uh gun spell is just like well that's just like different flavor of stupefy apparently as the books have gone on so harry casting this should be a big deal for this because it is like i said it's unforgivable it is it is by in this in the series's own terms this is an evil only spell um and as it is portrayed here it is sort of a comedy spell and, yeah, and that's weird. And like I like I said, big big asterisk. Maybe Harry will have some consequences for this later. But like honestly, my first thought was, I thought that like if you did an unforgivable curse, like that was recorded somewhere, right? Like, is is there no one at the ministry going like, uh, someone just did the Imperio in Gringotts? Is that is that not a thing? I like maybe maybe I'm I'm thinking too much about it, but like I thought that like the risks, even if Harry wanted to mind control someone here, I thought that like that was a big enough of a deal that like pretty much everyone would drop everything and go like, what the fuck? Someone's using an unforgivable curse here. It's also very strange to make your Messiah allegory figure take away someone's free will. Yeah, like in right. that in that yeah. in that way, it feels yeah. um almost worse than like using the torture spell or using the killing curse right, right? Yeah. like that seems sort of the opposite of what harry should be doing um but yeah it's just it's like it's <laughs> that nothing. famous thing we all learned in sunday school god gave you free will and can take it away at any moment <laughs> <laughs> that's right a weirder thing for him to do like yeah. that kills people you know yeah. for sure um torture uh, you know arguable yeah, we, 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 we could have a whole podcast about that probably but yeah sure yeah, but yeah. but taking away someone's free will um and it just it feels like harry doesn't in the moment have any gravity about that or feel like oh i i've crossed I, like, a line yeah and and like I, again, taking the book on its own terms, I think about um, Half-Blood Prince, and I know a lot of it is sort of like said in interviews after the fact, and it's a little bit of, I, I think that we get a little bit of it in Snape's memories, but but a big part of Snape being the one that needs to kill Dumbledore is that he's, like, he has sinned, right? And the idea is that Draco hasn't, and Draco mm -hmm. must be protected from casting an unforgivable curse at all costs. Mm -hmm. Right? Like right. That, that's a big and it and it feels more so than like taking a life also bad, but it is this like taint of casting these curses that you cannot be forgiven for doing. Yeah. You right? can't take and Snape's the stuff already back. done it. Snape's you can't already in the uncurse shit. this, yeah. Right. He's already Benedict Cumberbatch taking <laughs> taking on the Grindelwald role. Um but Draco hasn't Draco's Tom Felton uh, doesn't know anything, and so you know he has to he has to stop him, and and so to have Harry cross this line, I know it's not the killing curse, but it is like 
one of the big three, right? And it's just it's just like nothing. And 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 not only is it like nothing, but he has to like re up on it. It's That's like, oh, the it's part. wearing off. I'll cast it again. Oh no, another obstacle. I'll cast it on this guy. It's the, the, the two parts that really shocked me reading this are number one, the way, like I said, like you said, the, the way he keeps re upping it every f- five minutes or so, and the part where when he explains to Ron and Hermione. Oh, he's imperious. And they don't, neither of them react to that at all. Like, they don't, apparently don't care. Yeah, I could see Hermione not caring if she was the Joker. Yeah. And also, but but Ron would have the cultural taboo, right? Absolutely. Right. Like, I, I, I think this is honestly an opportunity for a really interesting character moment for all three of them that just gets completely thrown out the window here. Ron should have just punched him. Yeah, like just right. heard that and just like knocked him the fuck out. Cause because there's the there's the other angle to this that I really like with Ron, which is that Ron earlier in this book was like, well, we should kill those guys, right? Mm-hmm. And like he was talking really big about just like killing those Death Eaters. Uh-huh. And I really like the idea of him like in an actual moment of someone making a decision like that, you know, of like so crossing some line for the greater good of the mission, right? Mm-hmm. For him to just still react that way. You know, like when the chips are down, Ron actually oh, yeah. is like a, just like a good boy, right? Like mm-hmm. like I, I I like that from him. And then likewise Hermione, someone who's always followed rules her whole life, but like also if 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 her real character was re- being taken into account here and she wasn't just like some weird like avatar of the suffering of women here in this book yeah uh uh she could be uh, she could make that mental calculus probably she could be like yeah okay like yeah we've got to use these this is in my this is in our toolbox now i'm the joker Mm -hmm. um honestly i could see her imperiousing someone without harry having to do it himself right like oh sure like if she was if she was up uh in some shit she'd probably do it like well she's a woman so that's just original sin it's all good. <laughs> Women are always doing mind control if you think about it. <laughs> Just taking the book on its own terms here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's a weird moment and and just that the fact that it keeps on repeating without anyone saying anything, without anyone commenting on it, without anyone pushing back. Uh without and also without Harry failing at it that's the other part that i find strange is that like they leave like there's this real like sense that like jk rowling had written herself into a corner with like having travers here because he's (laughs) he's uh he's there with them along with this other goblin that they have imperious and the goblin they need for the rest of the chapter but they don't need travers and so harry just i guess imperious is him to go hide in a corner (laughs) Which is so stupid and boring. And I wish that, like, I, I wish that Travers had, you know, a, a thing that would make Travers being just, like, a no-name character kind of make sense is I just want him to, like, walk off a cliff and die here. <laughs> like, I just want, I want Harry yeah. to, like, accidentally lemmings this guy off a cliff and cause him to die and have to deal with that and have yeah. some and consequence. Yeah, and it's like, whoops, maybe, maybe I should think about taking away someone's free will. <laughs> yeah, just really, because there's even a bit where he's like, oh, uh, I guess I, I remember it's so weird. There's this part where he's like, he remembers Bellatrix, the real Bellatrix telling him like, you've got to really mean it. If you cast that spell, which for one, 
she's talking about a different spell. Yeah. She's talking it's about like, Crucio. I really, I really, and that makes sense for Crucio. Yeah. It's like, I mean to cause you pain. Yeah, you really you have to. Like, yeah. Uh, that makes sense. But like, I really need you to, to t- like touch the door. <laughs> I really like, need you to, to, to be mind controlled right now. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's less compelling, I think. Um, but yeah. Also, again, just feels more evil to me in a way that I don't think is very considered. Like, (laughs) like, I I think that, um, uh, like, wanting to control someone, right? Yeah. That's, that's like, what makes people hurt other people a lot of the time. Like, I don't want to get too dark with it or anything. No, but it's, like, you're totally right. And, and again, I think not only, I mean like that we're, we're not to get like too theological, but like, that is like the basis for the concept of free will is like a good thing. Right. Is that like, uh-huh. yeah, God is not mind controlling you. He could, uh-huh. but he won't. Cause he's giving you free will. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it is violent to do right like you have to kind of and i think this story wants you to buy into the inherent violence of that right yeah Yeah. guess not i guess it's axie from the witcher it's axie from the witcher where you just sort of say uh i i already you're gonna give me a (laughs) hundred crowns yeah just a really bizarre change like i said it's like yeah it's 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 gone from like full-on like you say like violent mind control Mm-hmm. to just like i don't know speaking in a in a in a firm voice i guess Be- yeah i guess so i it's it's just it's weird like i said maybe next chapter he'll get his comeuppance maybe someone will 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 say hey what the fuck was that back there but until then i'm just reading this going like what the okay sure I just think that, like, if he wanted to do that, he just should have cast it maybe one time and had it feel like it means something. Yeah, um, it's the part where he just keeps on doing it over and over again. Uh-huh. Uh, it's weird. And I, and I like, again, in, in a similar way to what I pointed out last chapter of, of him deciding to betray Grip Hook and feeling the snakes, like, thing, I think that it is going to try to loop around and be like, you know, uh the evil horcrux stuff but i don't know how explicit it is and again i still think the execution is extremely poor if it is the case yeah i think even if this is supposed to be harry indulging in his worst like ideals doesn't work no i don't think there's nothing that can happen later that will like make this good in retrospect yeah because because the thing is if it is those things it's boringly written right yeah and and i can't i also just can't get over the imagery of grip hook being the devil on his shoulder right right yeah it's 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 the devil on his shoulder it's the monkey on his back it's someone else's it's it's something else compelling him right yeah uh it's not it's 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 someone else's like externally suggesting him to like act worse um, mm-hmm. and it turns out they were evil all along too so like it just it even even if this is meant to be like oh he's just indulging in the, he, you know he's letting the horcrux can have a little imperious as a snack thing right like right yeah even if it is that it's really boringly executed in a way that lets harry off the hook i think mm-hmm. um, yeah and he, and, it, and it just continues to let him off the hook with the grip hook stuff later yes which we'll get to yes 
So they they tell Travers, sorry, I can't figure out how to incorporate you into the story, so please go hide in a corner. And he <laughs> does. Um, they get in the minecart. They they minecart through the waterfall that removes all their disguises. And then they come across the vault guarded by a big tortured dragon. Um, and Yeah. Wow, goblins really are mean, huh? Goblins. They torture animals. Oh, they're just throwing another one on the pile here. <laughs> The goblins are all evil. Uh, that's so crazy. That's so crazy how that works. Um, and then they enter the vault and um, they they look for the cup. and Look for object. Look for object. They need the object. It's very video gamey logic. Um, and also the part that's very video gamey is I'm, I am full on... <laughs> jk rolling like gamer conspiracy theory again uh-huh because and, and i re- i will say for as bad as i think this chapter is this is like the one idea that i think is really cool mm-hmm. which is that like any the goblins have like cursed these objects so that if you're in the vault anything you touch if you are not like the approved person mm-hmm. uh will just multiply over and over and over again while you're holding it yeah. Which I think is really cool. I, like, this is out of all of the dog shit, like, lore that the goblins have gotten in this book. I think this is maybe the one idea about them where I'm like, oh, you know what? That's actually kind of interesting from, like, a goblin culture perspective. Because, like, we're supposed to take that, you know, they're very proud of their craftsmanship. And also, they're like, they're proud of running the bank, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, this is, the, like, the, the, the idea that, like, making a bunch of fake objects if you're trying to steal a real object Mm-hmm. Like that's cute. I like that, I think. Yeah. Um uh but the description of the way that these objects keep on like <laughs> multiplying and filling the room I cannot shake the image of uh the oblivion item duping glitch out of my head. <laughs> and I'm like, did JK was was she playing Oblivion? Was was she doing because Oblivion came out before this book came out? Was she playing? Hell that? yeah. Was her kid yeah. playing Oblivion and she saw them do the duping trick and she was like, Wow, I have an idea. Yes. <laughs> it's definitely it's really spot on, right? It's perfect. It's it it is it, it's the way it's described. The like the the item just pops up and it keeps on popping up as you're like holding it. It's like yeah, that's how that that's how that worked. I was I was so taken by this. I was like, wow, this really is just literally the Oblivion bug. Yeah, it like Oblivion bugs until it becomes like the Scrooge McDuck vault. I love that. It's re- it's, it's a really cool image. I think that this is like the, like the saving grace of this chapter. Maybe is this vault scene. The vault scene is the only thing that I could visualize in the whole yeah, chapter. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit because mm-hmm. this is a criticism we've had of this book several times, and I think it pops up here too. Uh, is that a lot of scenes and chapters in this book have a very poor sense of place? Yeah, in a way that the early books didn't, and I am full. My conspiracy brain is that I think that she sort of lost interest in writing novels but also was very into like screenwriting and was very like taken by the movies Mm -hmm. um and i think wrote this with the movie in mind yeah and you and you write you write places differently when you're screenwriting yeah i mean than you do in a novel exactly in in a screen in in a in a screenplay you write like exterior park interior castle right like it's not it's it's not 
really material to like the actual writing part of most screenplays where and, and, and like you know the details of where a scene takes place mm-hmm. it's weird it's it, yeah I, I think that's a really good theory about it i just it, i i think also maybe like i think she's just leaned so heavily on hogwarts as a place until this mm-hmm. book right yeah hogwarts is such a like a, a well-defined space um because it got built up over six books you know and like mm-hmm. uh, uh uh just 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 staying in one place for that long really just fleshes out the um the setting and like the you just it's it's very easy to imagine you have a really good sense of like how far apart all the all the rooms that characters are going to are you have a good sense of like you know what the stone because it's always talking about like old stone and cobblestone and, and like paintings you just have a real good sense of like where everything is in hogwarts mm-hmm. gringotts is like th- this feels like it expects you to have read book one recently mm-hmm. is is the thing for me and it's like i haven't i read it two years ago at this point uh right i i think that sort of it is strange to read because even though i can retain some memories of what gringotts was like in book one Mm -hmm. um it is odd that she doesn't use the opportunity for harry to be seeing gringotts in a new context and reacting to it and noticing different things about it yeah i mean we got a little bit of that about that's novels (laughs) right yeah you return you return to a setting yeah you return to a setting and you notice new stuff about it yeah exactly we got a little bit of that with with Diagon Alley, but like Gringotts itself is like might as well, you know, in the same way that we we talked about like Malfoy Manor feeling like it was a foyer with a, a cellar attached to it. Mm-hmm. Which, funnily enough, that is how the movie did it too. Did you, did you notice <laughs> yeah, that when we watched yeah, the movie? <laughs> is that there's like stairs to the <laughs> stairs to the dungeon and just a room. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the the Gringotts feels kind of the same way, and that it's like. It feels like there's the main hall, and then they take you through a door to the minecart, and then you get in the minecart, and it's just a straight line through a waterfall to the vault. And it's really, yep. it's really boring. It's mm-hmm. it's really underwhelming when it's like this is supposed to be like your one of like your your coolest, most imaginative settings, right? Like, oh, here, welcome to the goblin, the mysterious goblin bank. Yeah, they made it. Yeah. They made the Goblin Bank at the at the tour. <laughs> they are really counting on people thinking Gringotts is cool. The the like picture that everyone shares from the Wizarding World is the bank with the dragon on top. Right. Yeah. Like this is such an and like I think like from like a visualization perspective, the thing that really gets me is that this chapter is way, way more focused on the like cruelty of the goblins to the dragon. Yeah. Instead of like, and and this would obviously still imply cruelty, but instead we have to see this like pitiful scene of like them like jangling something and making the dragon like recoil because it's been like hit and whipped a bunch, and it's just like pathetic. Um, but really, it is completely absent of the striking image of i i think what is being implied is that the dragon was brought down to like these caverns when it was young and then it grew into this place and it can't leave right Right. like the the tunnels and things are too small and it is grown up like underground and i think that that's like a really striking image that is only implied because of the action that happens (laughs) 
afterward, right? right? Because they try to leave on the dragon and they like blast the ceilings and stuff because it can't get back out again. And it's like, oh, okay, that is suggesting what I should have pictured, but in reverse. (laughs) Right, yeah. Also, my favorite thing about that is that we're supposed so like Harry is seeing this poor dragon and he's, mm. he keeps hearing about the clankers and how they, they're going to use the clankers to like trick the dragon into thinking it's about to be hit because like that's that's like the way they've trained it. Yeah. And like, yeah, that seems pretty horrible. Um, yeah. Also, this is your bank. This is the <sighs> wizarding world. Like this isn't like, like like you can point at the goblins all you like and say like, oh, aren't they horrible little creatures for doing this? But it's like, yeah, they're doing it in your this is your bank. Like this is your world's bank that's doing this. It's not <laughs> it's not like you're in a foreign like you're not in like a foreign goblin country and going like, ooh, like that's weird. I don't like how they treat this dragon. It's like you're in the middle of fucking London. This is the wizarding world. Like, like if if anyone is to blame here, it is wizards for like turning a blind eye to this, right? Like this is happening in their city. So I, I am sort of amazed that the tour and the Wizarding World things all like, look at the cool dragon in the bank. It is bizarre to read this now and be like, hey, what the fuck? The movie, is this? from what I remember, really cuts back on. I don't think there are clankers. Um, I think it. I, I and I don't think there's any implication that the that the dragon is like tortured or anything. I think it is literally like there is a big dragon down here. You know, like like a little softer. Oh, yeah, because this is crazy. Yeah, because this is fucking This is like a very upsetting thing to put in a kid's book slash movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's not how the movie goes from what I remember. Um, But yeah, it's it's just so we we've we we talked at length last week about how bad the goblin stuff is. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. There is a little article I would just like to, to to briefly reference which is on pottermore slash wizardingworld.com they have an article called in defense of grip hook and first of all like in in you know just 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 in general i i think uh uh this is clearly on its face very weird i would also like to uh, uh point out um just how uh, bad the image they chose this from the movie is. Mm. Uh, yeah. Like, the the way that they designed Grip Hook in the movie, like, if you thought all the stuff in the book was bad that we were discussing last week, uh, making him look exactly like that one famous uh, anti-Semitic cartoon that, like, yeah. everyone knows with the guy rubbing his hands together... Uh, he just looks exactly like that. It is yeah. pretty fucking bad. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, they 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 wrote this article. First time we met the, the goblins in the Wizarding World was when Hagrid took Harry to the Go- Gringotts Bank to collect his gold to buy his uniform. Harry was astounded. Goblins, who knew? It was the first time we met Griphook, for it was he who took Harry to his vault and handed Hagrid the Philosopher's Stone. It was also our first glimpse at his personality. Uh. If anyone but a Gringotts goblin tried that, they'd be sucked through the door and trapped in there, said Griphook. How often do you check to see if anyone's inside? Harry asked. Once every ten years, said Griphook with a rather nasty grin. So you're thinking, well, that's hardly defending Griphook, is it? But wait for it. It was his job to deter thieves. (laughs) 
real weird situation to be trotting out. Uh, he was just doing his job. Um, let's not forget that Harry ends up as one later, too. And the vaults are secure not only thanks to magic and dragons, but because of their surly reputation. If everybody thinks Gringotts is impossible to break into, they are less likely to try their luck. Griphook was just doing his job. Just doing his job, huh? Next up, let's take a walk through the history books and remember the Goblin Rebellions. In, in Goblet of Fire, the Goblin Rebellion of the 18th century was a hot topic from Professor Binns, who taught the class about the discrimination goblins used to suffer in the wizarding world. Used to. Used to. Uh, and in, from the sound of things, certain distaste for the creatures still lingers. Well, for one, you are calling them creatures, so... Hmm. Uh, during the books, goblins are spoken about appallingly throughout. Red caps are described as nasty little goblin-like creatures. Winky refers to Dobby's behavior as if he is a common goblin. And goblins are frequently referred to in negative terms, especially in the case of Ludo Bagman and his shenanigans in the Goblet of Fire. They are dark-eyed and angry. And at the end... Shenanigans. Shenanigans. Dark-eyed and angry. Huh. And at the end, Ludo makes a run for it, and George says the goblins play as dirty as he does. Again, disparaging remarks, which seem uh, uh, relatively unfair. Now let's slip back to the goblin rebellions. I'm sure they never got over to they never go over to you know who said Mr. Weasley, shaking his head. They've suffered losses too. Remember that goblin family he murdered last time, somewhere near Nottingham. I think that depends on what they're offered, said Lupin, and I'm not talking about gold. If they're offered the freedoms we've been denying them for centuries, they're going to be tempted. Have you still not had any luck with Ragnarok, Bill? This is a really weird article because in some senses, I um, I, I do agree with this specific line. Do you still think Griphook is indefensible? But I think that they are missing the parts of the story that make this insane, right? Like, they're... They are, yes. They are... That this is up there with the house elf um, slavery article, article the, yeah. like pro anti-slavery debate article that they make where it's like the dangers of feeling like you can write about fiction as if it sprung forth outside <laughs> of any right. context or culture or real life yes circumstance exactly but boy but boy oh boy are they dedicated to doing that yeah his theft of the sword and abandonment of harry ron hermione uh does that seem still utterly reprehensible well it is but perhaps not as horrible as the way goblins have been treated and their lives lost because of wizard's prejudice how about this for cementing a certain lack of fondness for wizarding lives? Halfway down the fountain, a group of golden statues larger than life-size stood in the middle of a circular pool. Tallest of them all was a noble-looking wizard with his wand pointing straight. So this is describing, like, the, the statues yes. that we keep coming back to. And, like, they're right, but do they not understand that J.K. Rowling wrote this? <laughs> like, that's the part that, about this article that I find so crazy, is they're not wrong to point out that like, yeah, man, the goblins sure had a rough time of it in this story, huh? But JK Rowling wrote it. You're not writing about real history. Like you're writing about a story that JK Rowling wrote where the goblins <laughs> just happened to in, uh, embody every anti-Semitic uh, caricature available to her on accident, probably. Uh, and <laughs> it's amazing. Deathly Hallows, we are reconnected with Griffhook. He hasn't teamed up with Voldemort or betrayed anyone. He was on the run and helping Ted Tonks. Uh, the goblins wouldn't bow to the so-called superiority of the wizards now in charge of Gringotts. And Griffhook made sure that their departure did not go unnoticed. Um, then when Harry was captured and Hermione was tortured by Bellatrix, it was Griphook who ended her torture by declaring the sword of Gryffindor a fake. He was rewarded by a cut across the face and indifferent abuse. 
As a race, goblins are treated with such casual disdain and dislike that it is hardly surprising that their lines of morality are blurred when it comes to wizards. Group of Didn't she break her, his legs? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just, yep. Griphook did uh, betray Harry, but let's face it, Harry was going to betray him. Again, true. But guess who wrote it? Oh, I wonder why it was written that way. You wrote it that way. She she wrote it that way. Uh, uh, Harry wouldn't have left Griphook to die, of course. Do we know that? Do we know that? No, of course he would. Why wouldn't he? Yeah. But in the end, the goblin paid the ultimate price. He was murdered by Voldemort and the sword was once again taken forcibly by wizards for their gain. So no. When does that happen? I think that must happen pre-battle, I guess, or maybe next chapter. How is there time? I, yeah, I don't know. Here's here is here is the 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 shitty cherry on top mm. here. I'm ready. So no. Griphook was no angel. But he was there <laughs> when he was needed, and without him, Harry would never have defeated Voldemort. His actions may have been small, some of his moments were quite mean, but as humans and muggles, who are we to judge? It's not easy being a goblin. <sighs> it's amazing that this is up on their website i think i think th- i think that about this and also the house of one <laughs> these are the these are the big two for me where i'm like how has no one been like take these down right now the house of one i think scrapes by being a little bit more heinous just because it is playing devil's advocate for slavery yeah this one <laughs> this one is funny and like appalling in a different way Mm-hmm. where it is someone i think coming to a sort of like understandable conclusion right that like yeah grip hook is is not such a bad guy but the reason they're coming to that conclusion is not because uh hey the author of this book wrote an insanely awful stereotype in here and mm-hmm. and maybe we should reexamine that they're looking at it entirely like you say, like as if as if this is fiction that sprung out of the ether and like has no cultural context and has no uh uh like connections to anything else in real life, right? That like <laughs> may have influenced it or may have influenced people's feelings about the character. And like it it man it it's it, it's surreal to read something that is like clearly written by someone who understands something is wrong with the way that um the, the, like the, the the books portray the goblins right but uh-huh. can't articulate what that is because uh, like if they say like well yes uh, uh grip hook was uh, was a nasty little freak in this book but uh did you know that that's because the author was just using a bunch of insanely awful stereotypes and anti-semitic <laughs> ideas they can't write that because this is for the official harry potter website so it's right. It is this. It is like it is watching someone get like ninety percent there, but the ten percent they miss is like catastrophic. Incredible. Oh, so yeah. So I'm glad. I'm glad that we uh, uh, we have that on record now. The audio of that is now on record. Uh, so if they ever do delete this thing, people can find it. Yeah, I mean, I think the House Elf one got some controversy. And by controversy, I mean it was posted on Reddit, <laughs> like the main subreddit. Mm-hmm. And someone was like, hey, what the fuck is this? Um, and, you know, a bunch of people, they had a whole back and forth and the thread was locked and all that stuff. But um, yeah, uh, it's it's still up there, I think. Yeah. Yeah, there's some. There's, there's ba- I, I would have thought that, you know, when they 
transferred everything over to wizardingworld.com as opposed to Pottermore. This could have put some eyes on that stuff. Yeah, maybe have someone go through and say, like, you know, maybe there's some stuff we can just quietly not update here, right. perhaps. But no, it's still here. Um, and uh, 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 pretty, pretty fucking bad. Um, yeah. So they find the cup. Grip Hook was going to betray them all along. Of course, uh, uh, why wouldn't he? There's a real funny through line in this chapter, I think, of like Harry noticing that Grip Hook probably suspects something. Mm-hmm. And Grip Hook still being presented as like the bad guy here when it's like, no, he wasn't like overly suspicious. He was just right about you. Like, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know why it is so. I mean, I guess it's because it wants us to like Harry. Yeah. But I don't I just can't. It really bothers me that it just ha- it needs to have Griphook betray him to like undo the bad thing that Harry was going to do. Right, exactly. Like Harry, can- and then it's like, well, why do it any? Like, why is it even in here then? Yeah, yeah. Like you just you can't you can't have Harry do something actually bad. He just has to think about it and intend to do it. But and that that is also the part that makes me think that maybe we aren't going to get like a proper reckoning about the Imperio stuff. Mm. because like so much of this chapter is dedicated to like making sure that harry doesn't actually do anything that bad like he thinks about it and he considers it but ultimately it's grip hook who pulls the trigger and like betrays him first so he doesn't get the opportunity to also like betray him to do what i i'm very confused about grip hook's plan it's honestly not even that much of like if you look at the uh the terms of their deal as they agree Mm -hmm. to it Griphook really isn't betraying them. He's doing. He's just like taking the sword. They did the thing. And they did They're the in thing. The vault. They're getting crushed by molten treasure or whatever. Yeah. And then Griphook is like taking the sword from him that was promised to him. Like because he knew because he knew that Harry wasn't going to give it to him. Yeah, because he knows. And Harry knows that Griphook knows. Yeah. So hard, I, hard to feel I, much sympathy for Harry here, honestly. And I'm not sure what Griphook was going to do. Like he had, so he, I guess he did do it, right? He took the sword and then ran away. I'm, I'm very confused about like the actual logistics of what happens after they leave the vault. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I guess we'll probably get some more detail on that when we see them next chapter and they sort of like count their losses or whatever. But like I, I, Harry is the bad guy in this scene. Um, mm mm-hmm. And like for as much as this book wants to paint Grip Hook as like this, you know, this this evil goblin, it's like, well, yeah, but he was right. He was he was entirely yeah. correct about Harry. I mean, it's it's funny because I think that they like the main story of Grip Hook and Harry trying to pull fast ones on each other doesn't work at all, and so it completely <laughs> relies on the background cruelty that it just has to write in, like. Oh, well, goblins abuse animals, so... Yeah. But it's just, like, that's extraneous, right? Like, yeah. I, I don't know how Harry treats animals. Like, it, it just is... It is... It's so... It's so bad. And also, like, the thing that happened bef- prior to this was Griphook telling Harry, Oh, you're, you're like... You know, you're not like most wizards. You, you seem to care about the other the other races right like you you Mm -hmm. you know you just gave a funeral to a to a house elf and you're like talking to me and i'm a goblin right like there there was a whole thing we talked about where like harry got to be like the the good wizard 
Mm-hmm. And I think that putting that in, honestly, like re- thinking about that now after this chapter and like Harry's whole plan is very funny because it really just cements like how much of an asshole Harry was being. Mm-hmm. Like, like this guy just told him like, hey, uh, wow, you treat uh, you treat other like other magical creatures uh, with respect and are nice. Uh, that's kind of weird. Um, but cool. I will do a plan with you. And then Harry was like, great. Thank you so much for the compliment. I am going to stab you in the back. <laughs> like, just, <laughs> just really uh, uh, reprehensible on Harry's well, part. Good thing he could dodge any consequences yeah. in reverse by grip hook being mean. Yeah, grip hook is mean and evil. So it all, it, 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 I guess it works out. He's literally the devil on Harry's shoulder in this chapter. Like, mm-hmm. just a fucking mess. Just awful. Really? Um, yeah. Well, I mean, there's the escape, but it's kind of just a big action sequence. Is there anything else in this chapter you had noted down? Do you wanted to no, wrap up? I don't, I don't think so. I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, I think that basically covers it. Um, very, very action-packed, very silly, and completely lacking in any scene detail. And Harry crosses, like, two or three moral lines that the book itself has drawn and appears to suffer no consequences. But I guess we will see next week or next next time we uh, uh, read whether or not he does. Uh, but for now, how about we take a break? Sounds good. So yeah, he's got... uh, Before Harry Potter, he was in The Borrowers. What's that? Uh, Based on the kids' book, I think. Oh, I, I know that book, yeah. Yeah, he's like a little... I don't know if he's the kid or if he's like a little... Elf, a little borrower. A little borrower in that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh so obviously then the Harry Potter movies. Um he, oh, he was a, had a cameo in that uh uh Get Him to the Greek movie. Oh, uh, I remember that one. He was in Rise of the Planet of the Apes. That's so that must be his most recent thing, right? That's like a big one. That was 2011. Wow, that was nearly a decade ago. That feels way more recent than that. That was an okay movie. I thought those were alright. Mm. Um, the, let's see. Then after that's the apparition, a low budget horror movie. Uh, okay. Uh, has, he, has any YouTube Red series made it out of YouTube Red? YouTube Red. Like, has anyone has any series ever been like good, and then people are like, "Oh, you have to subscribe to YouTube Red to watch this series. It's <laughs> good." Or do they all just get canceled after like a season and go into nothingness? I'm pretty sure it's that. I'm because I, I I don't think I've ever I, the only thing I know about it other than the Tom Felton show is uh the the Logan Paul show, right? Or was it the other one? One Doesn't of the Pauls. One, one of, of <laughs> one of the Pauls had that show that was like, uh, what if Hunger Games was set in a school that we didn't have to pitch pay to film in, right? <laughs> right. Um, Let's see. Oh, I remember that he was in that uh, uh, biblical drama. He was in Risen, the movie about the like. The... Oh, shit. Yeah, I forgot about that. He was like there was like the Roman guy who who found uh, who found the tomb and and has to believe that Jesus has has risen again. Uh huh. I uh, we're, we're looking up. Uh, Tom Felton has, has has entered our minds again. 
Could he yep. be Grindelwald? Because he he doesn't <laughs> yes. again. He doesn't have the brand. Like he's not the Draco Malfoy brand. So maybe he he could like do a t- different kind of Grindelwald performance. I wish. And he, and he doesn't know, so he would do it. I wish that happened in movies more. Mm. You know, like I there. I feel like that used to be more acceptable. But like you could just have an actor play multiple characters, and like it wouldn't be like a lore thing. Right. It would just be like, oh, no, this is just, we, we've got that. Like, t- that happened a lot in TV. Like, guest stars would play different characters a bunch of times, right? Yeah. It's like, like, who cares? It's just a good actor that we like having on, on the sure. show. Sure. Uh-huh. I feel like Tom, Tom, because he's like, what, he's kind of handsome. He's got, he's got the blonde hair. He could probably do a backflip out a window like Grindelwald if you, like, asked he him to. Be, he could be impish. Yeah. He was in an erotic thriller called <laughs> excuse me hold on let's hold i don't on. know if i want to know uh a 20 okay it's called in secret a 2013 erotic thriller it should stay a secret directed by charlie stratton it's based on the 1867 novel Ooh, okay this is some some classic perhaps gothic erotica here tom felt busy play he is camille rakin Teresa's husband and first cousin in the lower echelons of Parisian society in the 1860s, Therese Rakin is a beautiful, sexually repressed young woman trapped in a loveless marriage to her sick... Oh, no! He's the... <laughs> oh, no! He's the sickly cousin. Oh, no. Oh, he's the sickly cousin. I would say he would play a sickly cousin. Yeah, I guess he kind of looks like a sickly cousin in this movie. <laughs> so that's so sad and mean fuck poor tom this is why tom should be grindelwald he doesn't know and he could use, he could use this <laughs> oh, oh that's so sad i thought he would at least be like the the love interest in the erotic thriller right he dies on the lake in this movie camille soon dies during an outing on the lake with laurent and oh. therese the death is revealed to be their doing they killed and killed oh this is so sad <laughs> okay so he was he was uh uh in that, that was 2013 what else we got we got risen obviously that was 2016 2017 he was in stratton and he was a character named cummings mm. uh it, it, it he won't like be a, cummings in the erotic thriller no apparently not he died <laughs> uh oh he was in that he was in that movie feed uh uh oh he died immediately in that movie i guess hmm. okay so again he died dying early in a lot of these films yeah uh he was in the, he was in the megan levy movie <laughs> about the marine who had the cool dog or whatever okay okay what's the last thing he was in ophelia and then in 2020, this movie apparently has not come out yet. Uh, Fantastic Beasts 3? I wish. The Crimes of Grindelwald. I wish. It is a 2020 American family horror film called A Babysitter's Guide to Monster Hunting. Mm. And he is Tom Felton as Grand Guignol. 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 I don't know how to pronounce that. Oh, wow. He is like, holy fuck. You want to see what he looks like in this movie? 
Yes. Look, look, he's at the top of the poster. Oh, man. Oh, look at that guy. Wait, I want to watch this. Oh, we should we watch this? <laughs> oh, wow. Holy shit. Oh, my God. I'm looking at more pictures of him. Holy fuck. Look this at has this. some, like, Spy Kids vibes. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Oh, wow. Good for him. Good for I'm Tom. I'm so happy. Look at this. This is the shit he should be doing. I think that he might be preparing to be a villain, though. So he might be He might be in contention for Grindelwald. Yeah, this is the one maybe where he's this like, is his... I'll show you what I can do. This is his resume piece. <laughs> He's like, oh, you, you, you just think of me as the bleach blonde little little kid, but have you seen? I am, I am the grand, the grand Guignol in in the Babysitter's Guide to Monster Hunting. Right. Yeah. And he. This is um. He has like sort of a similar vibe to Scabior. Yeah. I would say. He's got like the long. Um, like kind of patchwork pirate coat. He's wearing a lot of yeah. rings. He has like long shoulder length brown hair. Yes. Um, he's wearing like, like <laughs> a like a like a some beat up like a vest and and beat up <laughs> jeans and has a lot of jewelry. I'm very excited about this. Yes, he does look like he is about to play rhythm guitar and muse or something. He exactly. Is, he Thank is, you. He's ready. Um, mm -hmm. Wow. Okay, well, I am penciling this in. At some point, we should watch a babysitter's... Oh, it's on <laughs> Netflix. It's on Netflix. We can, we can do this. We can this. watch it right now. We can make this fucking happen. Yeah. Uh, is we can see Tom Felton be a villain in a children's movie. <laughs> Holy fuck. Wow, that is uh, that's powerful. I'm so mm -hmm. glad for him. Yeah, mm -hmm. that kind of a kind of a sidetrack here, but just th this video of him biting his lip on TikTok and hurting himself is mm -hmm. why we're is why we're talking about this. <laughs> He was he was trying to imitate the uh, the lip bite I guess he does in Prisoner of Azkaban and he just I guess hurt his mouth doing it. So yeah, props to Tom. Tom so I mean, we just every once in a while you have to check in with Tom. Yeah, we're doing the the Tom Felton check in here because you never know what you're gonna find too. Like I when yeah. we started doing the Tom Felton check in, I was not expecting him to be this Oof. like yeah. villain in this kids horror <laughs> i say horror like scary uh halloween movie <laughs> we have to watch this he's, i had i had no idea that's the thing though is that i check in on his twitter he hasn't posted about it at all he's the boogeyman in this movie yeah that's the, oh my god that's so exciting for him and for these, me these children i think are gonna hunt him oh i hope they don't kill him i hope he doesn't die at the beginning like he does in these other <laughs> movies he looked up well i guess here's the question are they going to hunt him or is he gonna like teach them how to do monster hunting Ooh. is he the monster or is he the hunter or or is the twist gonna be that it's both or so there's that or is there the is there the, the the perhaps he's the villain for most of it but then he turns out that he can be turned to the good side and they're mm. all friends with him at the end that'd be pretty cool and he's their new babysitter right <laughs> <laughs> Could, i think they're okay oh you they're know, the we'll, babysitters we'll find, we'll find out we'll find out <laughs> we'll find 
that we okay we have yeah we have to watch this oh my god i was not ready for this <laughs> i i yeah wow okay so it turns out he has been in a movie recently and he was he was this guy yeah oh okay um i think it is high time we return to reddit mm. i um i i think that uh, uh jack sloper was a was a wonderful experiment yeah and i think it might be you know may, maybe we'll comment on some stuff maybe it's time for him to write again but either way i think it's time that we check in on reddit again because uh uh they, they've, they've been up to some stuff over there oh sure always um, the thing that i would like to highlight here in in the stuff that i have already selected is a stark difference that that uh, just emphasizes our discovery when we finally did get into the Slytherin common room, that the Slytherin common room is the cutest, most wholesome place on the internet. And the Harry Potter subreddit is a cursed shithole. Yes. Um, I <laughs> would like to start with this thread from not four minutes ago. Oh, no. On the Harry Potter subreddit. Okay. Cedric Diggory. Why did he not dodge? <laughs> what do you mean? This is a good question. We do, we do find out it is possible to dodge. So he was older than Harry. Obviously, Moody told his class something about the unforgivable curses and the constant vigilance philosophy. Then Cedric became a champion and seems quite sees some quite dangerous stuff. A dragon, wild people, and a cunning labyrinth. I don't think the labyrinth itself was all that danger. It was a maze. It was I don't a, think the mer people maze. are wild. I think they're just like they live there. Yeah, as we established in the books, Dumbledore kind of like asked them, "Hey, can you guys like pretend to be like weird tribal stereotypes? Are you guys yeah. cool? Are you guys cool with that?" Uh, right. And and it's weird that they were, but uh, uh, nonetheless, suddenly. He comes to a strange place, a graveyard. Then he notices that Harry's scar hurts. A mysterious man appears and a cold voice orders to kill the spare. The person aims with his wand at Cedric. Why does Cedric not react? This was a moment <laughs> Moody had prepared him for. Constant vigilance. Why did Cedric not use Expelliarmus? Why did he not dodge the Avada like every other student after him? And why did he not stun Peter Pettigrew, who would not be a challenge for him? <laughs> I mean, Peter Pettigrew is like a grown man. <laughs> Cedric dying in such a way was kind of ridiculous. He yeah, did pathetic. nothing. He did nothing. Pathetic. Yeah, uh, called out. I guess uh, this 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 redditor is is uh, calling C nine on Cedric Diggory here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, it seems a little rude. <laughs> I I love the one I think specifically that I like in this is uh, there he notices that Harry's scar hurts one does he notice and two does that mean anything to him i don't I, think i don't think they're that close i don't, I don't feel like yeah that would be meaningful yeah i don't i don't think i'm like ow oh harry have you got a headache from apparating like that's i think like part of the whole thing is that cedric and harry are both like Maybe this is part of it, like a yeah. part of the game. So they probably weren't expecting to just get murdered. Yeah, I, I, I think that that's a reasonable, reasonable assumption. He thought that it was just part of because they, yeah, they touched the cup and it just took them there. 
he he didn't know that he'd been dropped into the war zone, into the battle royale. He thought he was still in the practice mode. Okay, well, if this is, okay, if we're talking about this in war zone uh, mode, I, I, I agree. Cedric should have stepped sideways, uh, perhaps used a gun with a slightly lower ADS time. Right, I mean, but that's the thing, is like, when, when my teammate dies in Warzone, I'm always like, well, why didn't you just shoot the other guy first, you dummy? <laughs> why didn't you just, why didn't Why you did just... you sim- just simply not get shot? Uh, R.I.P. to Cedric Diggory, but I'm different. I would <laughs> I would simply dodge the Avada Kedavra fired at me. If you tried crouching, Cedric. To be fair, um, I think that this post does get, uh, like, at something that we have noticed, which is the slow change over the series from Avada Kedavra being a like instant cast to a like a bullet you a know sorcery speed yeah yeah I'm, sor- I'm sort of mixing my mixing my game terms here my game mechanics yeah but it's true because because yeah it, well let's let's go back to war zone here okay uh uh Avada Kedavra in this book in this instance is a hit scan weapon okay uh but but in later books it's got like projectile speed Mm-hmm. So I that is that is an inconsistency for sure. But I think in Gobble to Fire, it basically is just like instant. Like you point at someone and they die. It's not a. It's not a gun. Right. It's not gun I mean, spell yet. <laughs> I mean, imagine if in the Moody lesson he was like, "This is the worst thing. This is the worst shit you can do. This is the worst. This is the unforgivable sin. There's nothing you can do. You can't block it. You can't counter it. Whatever. You can duck though. <laughs> you can you can sidestep it if you're careful. If, <laughs> if you... you go prone, <laughs> then it won't hit you. <laughs> I'm here to teach you to simply stay out of the fire. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, yeah. Uh, uh, kudos to this to this person for uh, being different than Cedric, I guess. Yeah. Uh, someone replied, "One does not simply type constant vigilance without putting it in all caps." And the OP. Okay, res- so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> some memes here from yeah, 2003 yeah. <laughs> uh, and the OP responds what does that mean so <laughs> wait OP is a hero <laughs> OP is a hero oh someone else just replies the OP is definitely trolling and the OP mm. responds you're right I actually I'm very glad that Cedric Diggory died because Hufflepuffs are dumb and useless <laughs> Holy just having, fuck. Just having some fun online. Just <laughs> just being annoying online. Uh-huh. <laughs> By that logic, I guess you're a Hufflepuff, says someone else. Oh, my God. The OP responds, oh, no, I am not an asshole. And then in qu- uh, uh, brackets, Zacharias, cruel to house elves, Amos, and I do not have sex with werewolves, Nymphadora. Okay, hold on a second. Just taking everyone down. Just taking everyone down, first of all. <laughs> What's wrong with having sex with werewolves? Second Nothing. of all, uh, uh, I love that this, I guess, was a secret vehicle for just Hufflepuff slander. Yeah. Huh. You described Hufflepuffs as dumb and useless. By that logic, you're a Hufflepuff. But honestly, no, you're just dumb and useless. Wow. Some vitriol on the subreddit wow. today. The Harry Potter subreddit is really popping off today. Is this what <laughs> happens when they have nothing to talk about? They just Things go- are not going well. <laughs> they just go at each other's throats. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, 
here's another thread. Does anyone else groan every time the movies vary from the books? I feel like getting something off my chest. There is a lot of positive Wizarding World chatter here, and I write this because I, like you all, lived slash breathed slash read multiple times the books from ages 10 to 18 as they came out, close to the ages of the witches and wizards I was reading about, and I'm curious if others share similar feelings. My insides clench every time the movies have to fabricate scenes not found in the books, especially when it's unnecessarily uh, eh, unnecessary to the plot of the movies. For example, Bellatrix setting the burrow on fire in movie six, uh, or the let's finish this the way we started together sequence with Harry and Tom in the seventh movie, just to name a couple. In contrast, the fifth movie does a great job of taking the longest book by text and adapting the movie without having to fabricate much of anything, just skipping a lot of stories and making sure to hit the highlights. I'm not a screenwriter, nor do I work in movie production, and I'm sure it took giants and hell selves alike a ton of effort to adapt. Oh, a little cute. Uh, a little cute sure. little thing there. Yeah. Uh-huh. Some flourish. A ton of effort to adapt the books into the movies for a worldwide audience. I'm still fond of the stories and movies both, but I'm curious if anyone else has the same reaction I do. I think this is a genuine good faith post. Yeah. Yes. I will genuinely good faith reply. Yes. Free yourself. <laughs> Free yourself from this. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah. Also, like the scenes that the Theop mentioned as examples, the problem isn't that they were added. The problem is that they're bad. Yeah, the problem is that they are fucking stupid. Uh, you can add great scenes. I mean, the Nick Cave scene in the last yeah. movie, wonderful. Yeah, not in the book at all. Powerful. Uh-huh. It's great. Uh, I, uh, I. <laughs> also, I think I that Order of the Phoenix is like still the like the maybe the worst one in the whole thing. Yeah. So it's a weird one to pull, and I don't even think it's, like, totally their fault. Like, I think that there was weird, like, external issues with that movie, but, like, it's <laughs> yeah. sort of bad. <laughs> yeah. There's Hilarious, some, though. There's some, there's some grousing in the comments here. Oh, okay. Uh, I've probably said, this doesn't happen in the books more times than my own name at this point, says one poster. Uh, yeah, I still remember telling my sister to read the books first, and she's like, why? Trust me. Just trust me. And then someone replies, I've had so many friends say this to me for years, and they suddenly, out of the blue, one of them will tell me, hey, I read the books, and they were actually better than the movies. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. I told you that literally every time it came up for, like, ten years. They always act like they stumbled upon the greatest thing in the world all by themselves. Mm, some real some bad feelings negative energy on the subreddit today huh i wonder why the harry potter fandom would be filled with negative energy at this point <laughs> Just some bad vibes folks bad vibes on the subreddit it's uh, all fine it's all fine it's all fine one of my friends is actually reading right now after me and my other friends convinced her to and i'm going to show her the movies after let's see her reaction lmao but yeah, I agree. It's sort of <laughs> annoying, especially when people say the movies are better. TBH, as a person growing up with Harry Potter, I can confidently say the movies and books are two different things. Both have their ups and downs, but I've considered them as two different things because comparing the two gives me a headache. The two are different. They that are is, different. That, that is true. Yes. God, just a lot, a lot of anger in this, in this, and in the Hufflepuff thread, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's another thread. I wonder how Slytherins cope with their founders being evil. (laughs) Cope. Just cope. Just cope. Just cope. (laughs) 
I know that all not all Slytherins are bad and there's a stigma against it, but it's an undeniable fact that its founder was an evil person. And I wonder if they ever struggle with that. Are they talking about like Slytherins fans or Slytherins I, in canon? I don't know. I really don't know. Um, first of all, I would like to say one of the people responding in this thread is one of the people who was very patient responding to us when we were doing Jack Sloper posts, which is very <laughs> funny. Uh-huh. It's very funny to see some familiar faces here. Uh-huh. Salazar Slytherin was one in a society of magical folk constantly hunted by muggles uh, and was afraid and angry like many others were. His response was by, uh, by no means justified and was really illogical and truly disgusting. But one thing about Harry Potter that I like is that while there are evil characters as they fit into the story, they aren't 100% evil people. You were they to, being hunted at that time? I I feel like that is super inconsistent, right? How are wizards threatened by muggles? Right. I, that is the question yeah. that I can't. I mean, never mind. I don't, I, I see. I'm I like get baited. So, <laughs> but no, you're you're not wrong though because like the this is a big change that they had to make in the Fantastic Beasts movies to make them make sense, and they still don't mm-hmm. really. But like the. The whole thing about how, like, oh, uh, wizards are persecuted and get hunted down by by uh, muggles is, like, one, how could that possibly happen when wizards have actual magic powers? It's kind of like the X-Men problem, right? Of, like, how, wait, how can't you just use your magic powers to escape or whatever? Um, but the other part of it is that we have explicit mentions in the harry potter books of the wizards kind of finding anti-wizard stuff kind of amusing Mm -hmm. like there's the thing about the uh the witch who would like purposefully get caught and be like oh no don't burn me at the stake right because she thought it was funny right like that was that that's that's like the one thing we have about uh about like wizard and muggle relations in in olden times there so it's a bit yeah, I don't know. I don't think I don't think Slytherin's like, oh, we're we are being oppressed thing is anything but paranoia. And I thought that was kind of the point of it, was that it was just it was unfounded, baseless paranoia. Mm-hmm. Uh it's perfectly possible that the uh oh, you you also have to remember that uh even in Chamber of Secrets, which seems like a horrible idea, could have been built <laughs> with the best of intentions. The no. only two times we see it opened, it's freaking Voldemort controlling the basilisk. It is freaking Voldemort. It is freaking isn't it? Voldemort controlling the basilisk. <laughs> Not exactly a sane mind. Uh, it might have been put there simply as a means of defense should the Muggles ever discover Hogwarts and think about attacking the place. A product. I don't of its think time. that's true. <laughs> I don't oh think that's God. true, though. I love the idea. Of, <laughs> I love this. I love this idea of like, oh, it's not. <laughs> It's not the weapon, giant snake who eats people, that, that that matters. It's who wields it. It's not a sword. It's a giant snake. <laughs> our our giant snake child killing chamber is actually for self defense. <laughs> designed to eat children. You know, there this could be useful if used well. We just don't want it to fall into the wrong hands. Some people make a, a child murder chamber to cope, okay? <laughs> that, that is, this is, yeah, how do they cope? It turns out they build a murder, a murder dungeon, I guess. 
<sighs> In contrast, I would like to take us over to the Slytherin subreddit. Please. Which I think that we once upon a time assumed was going to be like this, but like 10 times worse and more focused. Yeah. But is instead just adorable. <laughs> I'm 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 so blessed by everything I find on here. Mm-hmm. Slytherin dessert flavors. Hi friends. For Halloween, my quarantine buddy and I will be staying inside safely and celebrating Halloween together. This entail it's tales baking Harry Potter themed things while watching the movies. I was wondering what dessert flavor do you think is quintessentially Slytherin? We are both Slytherins and wanted to make some general HP themed treats, Harry's birthday cake, for example, but I wanted to make something additionally that us as Slytherins could find uniquely personal to us. I am an avid baker and do have a good knowledge of desserts. So if you think of something a little more advanced, I love to try new things. Any suggestions are appreciated and do not hesitate to make a suggestion in the flavor department. No need for a specific dessert item, smiley face. Hmm. That's adorable. Uh, this is wonderful. The first the first response is, I think a dessert that is really intricate and ambitious would be very Slytherin. Pastry or chocolate work comes to mind. And they link, mm. and they link to a very fancy, uh, like, chocolate tart. It looks like it was very difficult to put together. How many replies are there? A lot. A lot of can, replies. Can I, can I kind of, like, make a family feud game out of this? Like, I want to tell you mine, and then you can tell me if there are any. Um, yes. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, in the top. Because my first my first thought um, is black licorice. Ooh. Did anyone say black licorice? Oh, that's a good question. Did anyone say licorice? No. You, you are. I failed the family feud game well, I've concocted. Uh, see, I think family feud has always been backwards, and you sh- and it's like, it's cooler to think of things that no one else thought of. Mm. So I consider that a win. I think licorice is a really good one. Mm-hmm. That's very Slytherin. It's bitter. How, it's like. How about like mint chocolate chip? I'm just going in on the green. Yes. Thing. Yes. The first reply after that, that one that I read is flavors wise, I would like to go for dark chocolate and mint. Mm-hmm. It feels, ding, ding, ding. It's decadent and rich, but also gives you a green color for decorating. Perfect. Incorporating marshmallow spread or sauce into a dessert is a nice twist. You can dye it green if you'd like. It pairs well with mint. You're getting a lot of points here for the mint thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, agree with the use of dark chocolate for the decadence. So maybe uh, dark chocolate and lime. As a tart Ooh. or a souffle or a truffle. That sounds really fucking good, actually. Mm-hmm. Some kind of green macaron with silver filling. Sure. Flavors could be anything. Also, to fit the green theme, pistachio would work quite well. Oh, that is a good one. Yeah. Pistachio ground up or pistachio ice cream. Those are both mm-hmm. really good. Mm-hmm. I also thought afterwards that in heraldry, silver is treated the same as white. So maybe white chocolate would work well as a base. Uh, it works well with citrus flavors if you do use lime, but would also work well with pistachio. I that also, is so fancy. I love that. I love this. I also remembered afterwards about matcha, which I've never used, but is apparently popular and very green. <laughs> this is wonderful. I love these. Chocolate zucchini cake. My mom makes some. It's pretty good cake. Sorry, I don't have a recipe. That sounds delicious. Chocolate z- I've never had chocolate zucchini cake, but I've had like zucchini bread. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I feel like the main Harry Potter subreddit is maybe like taking a bullet and the bullet has bad vibes carved on it. Yeah. This is this is very. Ah, this is adorable. 
To me, there's something Slytherin about apples. I don't know. Maybe it's the whole Snow White thing, but honestly, Probably apples. the whole Draco Malfoy thing, actually. The, the OP but, replies, you know. I mean, Draco has a steady relationship with his green apple, so that could uh-huh. mean something. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's where he bites his lip. Yep. Woo-hoo. So yeah, wonderful, adorable, and it doesn't stop there. Uh, Tuesday discussion, Patronus memory. What memory would you use for casting a Patronus? What? This is too precious. This is wonderful. (laughs) And you know what's great about this one is that there are people answering in character and out of character. I love how all of this stuff says that it's not an RP board and people just RP anyway. (laughs) So this- Like constantly. This, I love this one. This is the the non-in character one. Okay. I'm assuming. Maybe it's in character, but it seems maybe real. I think the most emotionally powerful memory I have happened when I took a walk during a thunderstorm after school. Partially it was to avoid going home, partially it was because it didn't rain often and I love rain and storms. Near my house was a path through a wildlife slash nature trail and preserve in the foothills. Now, any sane and reasonable person would not have gone up into the hills during a thunderstorm. I've gained a little more sense since then, though I still lack a reasonable caution when it comes to the kind of weather seen here. I hiked up into the foothills. The rain was heavy enough that with each step, I was flinging clumps of mud from my boots in front of me. And before I knew it, the storm was directly overhead. No pause between lightning flashes and thunder, and the flashes were brighter than I've ever seen uh, before or since. So here I am, standing atop the main ridge slash hill before reaching the forested area, a valley leading to the forest on one side, the town spread out uh, on the other, with a violent thunderstorm directly overhead. Was it incredibly stupid? Yes. However, uh, I suddenly felt pure ecstasy. Now, all anyone else would have seen is a very small girl standing on top of a ridge, cackling like an absolute madwoman. It's not really what I might call my happiest memory, but is the one where I remember I can feel, uh, I can most clearly actually feel an echo of the same strong emotions. So yes, me standing on a hilltop in a thunderstorm, cackling insanely beats my wedding is a strong positive memory. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Powerful. I love very dangerous. Don't do that. Yeah, don't yeah. do that. But very cool memory. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then another person responds, and this is just one sentence, no, no punctuation. The first time I rode a broom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've heard that one before, but I'll I'll take it. That's fine. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe yeah. We we know someone else who uses that one, but I mean, may, not they're not Harry's not in Slytherin, so maybe this is the first Slytherin who who. Oh who, okay. You know, um, what do you think Jack Sloper's uh, Patronus memory would be? Oh okay. So are we talking the character Jack Sloper, <laughs> or are we talking Our redditor Jack the redditor Jack Sloper? Oh, I, that's hard. Um, can we? I sort of like am thinking like plausible deniability could be either one. Okay. Like, is there is there an amalgamation that would work? What about what about simply when I was sorted into Slytherin? Ooh. I love that. What I'm gonna type I'm gonna post this. When I was sorted into Slytherin. Can you say something like, um uh gosh, like it always imagined what it would be like and it was better than our wildest dreams or yes. something or like yes. we didn't know we could get in never thought i could make it in and it was better than i ever 
could have predicted. When I was sorted into Slytherin's smiley face, I always imagined what it would be like, but never thought I could make it in, and it was better than I ever could have predicted. Amazing. All right, comment. What a beautiful, what a beautiful bow on the arc of Jack Sloper. <laughs> I love this board. It's so cute. <laughs> Uh, Tuesday discussion, Wizarding World Professions. Our discussion this week uh, is, which profession would you want in the Wizarding World and how would you get there, e.g. Wizard Law School, etc. Wizard Law School? Wizard Law School. Yeah, that's a new one. I don't think they go to law school. (laughs) (laughs) I think that Dumbledore is on the Supreme Court for no reason. (laughs) I don't think Dumbledore went to law school. Because he's an old smart guy. I would want to be a Defense Against the Dark Arts professor so I can be like Remus. After Hogwarts, I would go to a wizarding college and get a degree in defensive education. There's no wizarding college. I just want to to put that one to bed. Don't crush their dreams. Okay. These are the beautiful dreams of fans who imagine a better Harry Potter than we can. (laughs) I would want to be a potions teacher like Professor Snape and I would go to wizarding college for it and get a degree for potions. I think it's like probably an apprenticeship or something. <laughs> that's a also, yeah, that's a trade, not a not a profession. That's a trade, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure that it's actually structured. I'm pretty sure that Snape is just good at potions and said, "I'm a potions master now." <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess I would be a professor, but ugh, I think it's pretty clear that the vast majority of professors at Hogwarts are terrible at their job. So I'm not sure how highly that's valued, or whether that's a group of people I would want to work with. Really, the ideal situation. That's kind of contentious. Yeah, really, the ideal situation would be to marry rich and then do whatever I wanted. <laughs> Whether it be hanging out at home, bouncing around from job to job as I get bored, or just practicing my magic until I'm the best. This is a Slytherin answer. Yeah, I love this. I love this. My ideal situation would be to marry rich and do whatever I want. Sure. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'd want to be a healer at St. Mungo's. Not sure what type of injury I'd special in, and I would go to wizard med school. There's no wizard med school. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'd want to be a collector of the weird and wonderful. Maybe open a shop to fuel my hobby and sell charmed items. That's cute. That's a non-established profession one. Anime figures. Yes. Ooh, that's right. That's right. God, (laughs) did, did... did you did you see my purchase that I posted about being of anime oh, figures? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I spent a hundred dollars on a little plastic Edelgard. If anyone wants to make fun of me, uh, that's a. I was like, this is so fucking expensive, but like, I'm not gonna miss this out. Miss out on this twice. I can't say anything because I bought the I got bought the Higashi Rena. Oh, that's statue, right. You so. bought the, the the Rena statue. Yes, that's uh, that's powerful. That's much more powerful than just one little figma that i bought um <laughs> that's exciting I'm, I'm i'm looking forward to that arriving but mm-hmm. why not think bigger and open an elementary school for wizards you could call it Sikathorian, and you would only add to the wizarding community by giving our young wizards an amazing head start there is a wizarding elementary school it is called hogwarts <laughs> it goes through both I mean, then you go to it when you're 11. So I'm not sure what the wizarding kids are doing before that. Yeah, I guess I guess there's, there's no, like, no college and there's no first grade. Yeah. 
Uh, I haven't the faintest idea. Maybe a traveling writer for the Daily Prophet. I'd love to go research dragons, but seeing as how I can't befriend one and ride it, I don't know how fulfilling that would be. You could try. <laughs> I mean, it can't. Well, I guess it could hurt to try, but, you know, worth it, probably. I think I'd be a photographer or an editor. Not very magical jobs, but it would be fun to take moving photos. As for being an editor, I just enjoy editing. This is very cute. Mm-hmm. Notice how none of them say they want to be cops, by the way. Huh. What would Jack Sloper want to be? What would Jack Sloper want to be? That is a ja- what what would Jack Sloper the Redditor think his wizard career would be? Right. This kind of layers to this one. What 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 <sighs> that's a really good question. Jack Sloper. Do you think Jack Sloper would want to work like with animals like Newt, but maybe but maybe not open a house elf relocation program? Should we get like a like a dig on Newt here? Mm, I don't know if Jack Sloper would work with animals. Okay. I don't really see it. I'm right. like I'm getting I'm getting mixed up because I'm like our redditor, but I'm also thinking about Jack Sloper the character, and all we know about him is that he plays Quidditch and delivers a message so maybe he's like maybe he works at the post office maybe he does work with animals but he's gonna work with the owls Ooh, i yeah he worked in, the, in an owlery maybe yeah because this is like the deep jack sloper lore which is that when he delivers that message from dumbledore to harry that's like <laughs> come meet me in my office yeah. he's he's just preparing for okay uh, i would like a job uh in the wizarding postal service Specifically, I would like to work with owls in an owlery. Mm-hmm. Uh, owlery. We don't see a- uh, anything like that in the books, and it's assumed the owls do everything themselves but I bet they (laughs) need someone to feed them and be... Sort the mail. ...their friend, smiley face. (laughs) And sort the mail. And sort the mail. Owls can't sort the mail. The mail. I doubt owls can do that themselves. Comment. Beautiful. Wonderful. Jack Sloper has found his people. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's all I had ready to go. Would you like to take, real quick before we go, would you <clears> like <throat> to take a swing around to the video game subreddit and see how they're holding up? Yeah, I like that we started with bad vibes, and then we, <laughs> we've soothed, <laughs> soothed ourselves at the Southern Common Room, and now we're gonna... We're gonna... It's a I different kind of vibe. Who, who even knows what vibe it could be? It's I I don't know if I'd call this the the Hogwarts Legacy subreddit like bad vibes. I feel mm. like it's like agitated vibes. Sure. Because they're they're not um they're not like outwardly negative or anything, but they are definitely like craving something. Uh gamers get agitated. Gamers gamers get really agitated. <laughs> Um, okay, so let's take a look and see what they've got. 
wand lore. I was wondering regarding wands that if maybe you beat a person in a duel, especially bosses, you have the choice of taking their wand. Based on wand lore, you prove yourself to the wand so you might be able to acquire new wands that way or by collecting items to bring to the wand maker to modify or create new wands to make it look different. I think definitely to the second part. Yes, you will be customizing your wand in this, absolutely. Um... As far as, I mean, that, I feel like it's funny because while I think that it would technically be in line with the canon and that should make Harry Potter fans happy, Mm -hmm. I don't think people would be happy if they were just like picking up a new wand as an item off of bosses and equipping it. Yeah. I think the fantasy of getting your first wand and having that be like a personality quiz mm-hmm. is more it like trumps the fantasy or or like the canon of wand lore and like getting more powerful wands. Yeah, I, I, there's something I've been thinking about with this game because we we've been talking um, uh, a lot about how this game is probably going to be just like normal open world game, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's definitely true. And I think that maybe one of the most depressing ways that's going to like manifest is the idea that like there are cool little lore things like this that this that this uh, uh, you know like this poster is pointing out that are going to have to be hand waved away so it can be that kind of game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there was another post we read a few weeks ago when, when we were first checking on the subreddit where they were like. Hey, in the trailer, there are a bunch of shots of you using uh, magic outside of school. But if you're a Hogwarts student, I thought you couldn't do that. And of course, we know that like in the game, there's just going to be some cutscene where a character says like, uh, you know, you normally can't use magic out of Hogwarts, but this is a special circumstance or, uh, huh, I guess the, the, like the school isn't tracking you for some reason. You don't have the trace on you. And and like I feel like this might be a similar thing where it's like, oh, yeah, in like any other Harry Potter story, you could not craft wands, right? Or like mm-hmm. collect wands, but because because this is an open world game where you have to customize your weapon, you're just gonna be able to like make like the same way that in the Star Wars game you make your own lightsaber hilt and color, right? It's like, ah, we're going to let you make your own wand core and then different different wand things have different stats right like i just feel like there's so much stuff that like has to change for to be the kind of game we know it's going to be i wonder if that's really going to upset a lot of like harry potter first fans yeah yeah i i yeah I'm curious. I mean, how I, do I don't care, right? right. Like, yeah. I don't care when I get a new lightsaber in a Star Wars game. No, it it's not a big deal. But like, I think to 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 people who are coming to this, going like, this is my like Hogwarts lore dreams come true, right? Mm-hmm. I I feel like a lot of changes are going to have to be uh, made to like make it function as that kind of game without having to like radically change how an open world game works you know i hope that i can like take a wand from someone else and then affix it to my other wand like a scope <laughs> and do a double spell yeah i how many how many uh wands can we put together to do like is that <laughs> is that like the shotgun like is, yeah is, is, are they going to make it so like oh you have a sniper wand which is a really long wand and then you have your 
your SMG <laughs> wand, which is like your regular wand. And then you have your uh, your shotgun wand, which is three wands held together. Uh-huh. Shotgun stupefy. Oh, but we, for hallways. We joke, but that I think is basically how the Deathly Hallows game plays. The like third Excellent. Per- third person shooter one. Mm-hmm. Let's see what else is on the subreddit. Uh, and this is the part where I re- I'm talking about the, the agitation thing. Yeah. The Hogwarts Legacy Twitter yeah. has finally posted after Oof. many weeks of posting nothing. Uh, and they just posted a GIF from the trailer. It's not, it's not even like new footage. And they just said, troll in the dungeon, hashtag Hogwarts Legacy. And a high effort post. high effort post and here are the responses on the subreddit they posted for the first time in 40 days here's hoping for some new content the twitter team is alive thank goodness let's wait for our detectives to analyze the gifts for any hints uh uh hints about what yeah i don't think i don't think it's i don't think there's any hints in here because it's old footage uh, i know that it's just like marketing right yeah well this person this person says you know this kind of post feels like the opposite of hype repurposing old circulated footage sort of exacerbates the weight um and then here's the most hopeful one maybe coming back less than a month before the game awards is significant like they're like what it's gonna like a new trailer at the game awards maybe or something? i don't know i don't even know if i mean like i know they're doing the awards i don't know if there's going to be like a big show for the game awards this year mm-hmm. like no i i like normally the game awards is like 30 percent uh awards show and like 70 percent commercials but i don't know if i i don't know if people re- this is this is bigger than harry potter i don't think people realize like if they thought this year was slim for like games and stuff coming out next year is going to be a desert. Like anything that was in pre-production or like halfway through production, like anything that was not in a state of like polishing phase. Right. This year uh, is going to be completely fucked. Cause like, yeah, yeah, obviously like, you know, a lot of companies are like transitioning to working from home, but that is such a huge sea change for how these things are produced. Right. Like mm-hmm. there are not going to be huge, like the, the kind of triple A games we come to expect this time next year. Like th- th- right. this, this year was a fucking write off for that. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know how many trailers they're going. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like the game awards is probably going to be pretty slim on like revealing new games coming out. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of people are in for a rude awakening there. Like, I I don't think I think that production on games is, has probably slowed down quite a bit this year. There's there's probably going to be some aftershocks, I would think. Yeah, because there's these other posts in here that are like, oh, there's a placeholder date uh for hogwarts legacy on on the playstation store mm-hmm. it's like could, th- could this be the release date and it's like absolutely the fuck not no it's like, <laughs> it's just like march 2021 like no and no way no fucking way is it coming out in march i mean if it is i mean good for them i guess but like i really really doubt that yeah yeah that's uh that's that's a that's a high expectation, I think. 
Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what the people on Twitter have to say to Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, my excitement is uncontrollable. It's one of the UK's biggest Harry Potter fans since the release of the first Harry Potter book and film. I am going to be first in line for this game when I went to the HP film premiere screenings and original EA games. And then he's posted a picture of Hogwarts merch that he has. Very cool. What? What about EA games? Uh, he really likes the EA games, I guess. He's got a... Like, all of them? Yeah, here... Holy shit. Here's a... Like, all of the EA games? Oh, yeah. Here you go. Take a look at this collection. Wow. That is... Oh, the Harry Potter... I... <laughs> oh, not all EA games. <laughs> I have all EA games. <laughs> I only I play EA. EA games. I wonder if there's gotta be someone like that, right? It just, just doesn't, doesn't care about what game it is. They just like EA for whatever reason. <laughs> Yeah, I really, I like Madden, I like NHL, I like Harry Potter, I like it all, really, I just like EA. <laughs> I just, I really like what they're doing over there at Electronic Arts. I like, mm -hmm. I like the Flight Unlimited series, I wish they would make another one of those. Oh, <laughs> <sighs> wow, yeah, I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm curious... I mean, I'm happy for this person because this is hands down going to be the best Harry Potter. Game. No, I have, I have no doubt about yeah, that. Easily will best all of these, I am sure. So if they're like hyped up about <laughs> the like old Harry Potter games, then this is going to be like mind blowing. Yeah, I'm. I'm very interested in. Um, uh like how how they can finish out the marketing se the se uh, sequence for this game because i mean like obviously part of it is that they are just they are making a big game and obviously that takes a lot of work and and time so that's mm -hmm. probably why they haven't been saying much about it since the announcement but also there there are like just generally on the subreddit and on twitter in these replies that i'm reading there is a lot of um uh like questioning about like like why aren't you posting why aren't you showing us stuff where where have you guys been it's been 40 days since you showed the game and i'm like they're working on the game relax one they're working on the game two uh i'm sh i i imagine that there was probably some sort of meeting that said hey maybe we should like keep a low profile for a little bit yeah. huh yeah like i i don't i don't think the more times they pop up the more times they spark the conversation about uh like supporting that game right and they don't need to really get out there and keep on selling it because the people who like harry potter enough they're just gonna buy it like they, they've, mm -hmm. got, they've got those sales locked up i don't think any of them need convincing so i doubt we see much of this game outside of like requisite like yeah they probably need to get a trailer uh, like another trailer out at some point before it comes out sure but like i i don't think we're I, I really don't think we're going to get like the drip feed uh um you know hype cycle on this thing because one they don't need it and two it really just invites more i mean like similar to the way that the fantastic beast news this always sparks a bunch of like just cancel these movies articles uh I would say like a good half of the like mainstream coverage of the game was like, Hey, y'all know what JK Rowling's been up to lately. Right? Like that was, that was most of what I saw in, in the press about this thing. Mm -hmm. So I don't think they 
necessarily want to go out of their way to invite that comparison more than they need to. Yeah, I, I'm very out of touch of like video game hype cycles. And the only one I can think of is like cyberpunk and what a disaster what a that's fucking been. god yes yeah <laughs> just so i, so I don't what know like, I, I, am, I am there was a time in my life where i definitely like looked forward to video games and would just like be like oh i hope they release like new but i'm at the point where i'm like games come out people say oh game is good and i'll be like oh yeah i want to play it you yeah know? yeah but but this like needing to see stuff i just i'm i'm a little out of touch with that so i'm not i'm not sure what is missing exactly <laughs> yeah it, yeah we i mean we saw the trailer it was like a three minute long trailer right like that's a pretty big chunk of content i guess we could see gameplay footage right yeah like that's, that's gonna next, be that, next on the list that's next on the list is we, we'll get like some sort of like here's 15 minutes of someone playing the game right like, i just wouldn't expect that for a while yeah that's gonna be much closer to release i think um, mm-hmm because that's how I, I mean for one that's just how it always is and two uh making games right now just like d- divorced even from like the concept of this being a harry potter game like just generally making video games right now uh pretty difficult i think perhaps yeah. i wonder um how the like marketing cycle is with um fantastic beasts getting bumped because i imagine mm. they had it all planned out right yeah but now now yeah, fantastic beasts changed so their marketing stuff is all set back for oh, the third wow. time i didn't think of that because you're right yeah the like it, i think everyone was sort of assuming holiday 2021 for this thing right mm-hmm. and, and fantastic beasts was like pushed back to holiday 2021 so yeah <laughs> and that's, that's gonna be weird right because it's like yeah. oh, here's a licensed game no it's not related to the new movie that's coming out right huh yeah huh huh no, Marilyn Manson will not be in the video <laughs> game. Manson don't get excited. Marilyn will not be in this. No. Well, maybe he will be. I don't know. Maybe he's maybe he's the villain. Yeah, maybe it's time traveling Marilyn it's Manson. Time traveling Marilyn Manson. He's uh <laughs> He's there was another dark wizard before Grindelwald, right? There was like time traveling Grindelwald. Time traveling Time traveling Ron. I don't think we know. Like, I think, I don't know, I feel like sometimes the perception is in similar to, like, Star Wars uh, tradition. It's like there's always a fight between good and evil, so you can kind of, like, assume that there's always, like, a, a Voldemort and a Dumbledore. <laughs> but I don't know if we have any, like, specific information of, yeah. like the grindelwald of before times right yeah well i guess i guess uh, that's that kind of works in their benefits they can put whatever they want there maybe yeah it looks like some scary scary guys and some skull masks, some scary guys by the look at who are it. not death eaters right instead they of have like some sort of more animal vibe with like the animal skull thing yeah they look like weird like druid cultists or something maybe yeah whatever like, who knows whatever yeah who fucking cares video game it will Pagans. be us solid six out of ten yeah uh six out of ten one of these six out of ten one of these not as good as the seven out of ten ones of these that are out there mm-hmm. <laughs> all right well we should probably take it to the close what do you say yeah probably our theme song is hot mcgonagall by cheshire moon huge thanks as always to them for letting us use it as our theme song you can check them out on Bandcamp, and you can check us out at patreon.com streetcast we have lots and lots of fun bonus content there for you 
We got visual novel talk. We got other movies we've reviewed. We've got other books we've read and reviewed. And Liz, we are not reading something next week, are we? We are not. We are taking... We are well, ca- we can read whenever. We can read whenever. That's true. But we are we are cashing in our Thanksgiving November break. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, it is time... Like, like I said at the beginning of the show, it's time for us to uh, mentally prepare. Yes. Uh, it's going going into the back stretch of the book. We are we are critic athletes who need our who need to 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 recharge and and train and uh, just take just 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 take a little our our usual November Thanksgiving timed break. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will be sleeping. <laughs> well, sleeping and playing World of Warcraft. Right. We've got we, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like a vacation to me. Sounds good as mm-hmm. fuck. All right. Uh, well, we will see you all the week after next. And with your spare time, please read another book. Please read another book. But there's a lady there makes ocean rolls seem tame. But I know what you're after if you catch a ride. Because this hot mama is just a cat in disguise.